Hey, Fred, you dead? Nope. Let's do the damn thing. Oh, you know what time it is. It's time to take it to the burn land. It's about to go down. Hope you're ready. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go. Come and roll with me to the burn land. Friends got to giving you the word, man. Any other BS is absurd, man. Sports talk and they give it to you firsthand. They can talk turps. They can talk old. Yeah, they both lit. That's how it goes. Baltimore squad. Ravens and Poe. Better tune in. Here gonna show. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. Birdland, Birdland, Birdland. BS. It's all about that BS, baby. Welcome back, Fred. What's up, BSer? Over the hill, Fred. That's right. He came back. 40s <laughs> never looked so good. <laughs> Drew and James brought you back alive. I am. I'm back. I'm in one piece. <laughs> I came back with a little extra fluff in my wallet than I had when I left. Oh. I'm feeling good about things. It took me a couple days to feel good about things. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty hungover <laughs> for a few days. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, thank you to all everybody who was involved uh, in the whole birthday shenanigans because that's what it was. It was fucking oh shenanigans. <laughs> I was gonna say I've yet to hear any of these stories, so I'm really intrigued. Yeah. Let's just get it out of the way now. Well, fill us in. It didn't start well. Let me just say that, right? So <laughs> we uh, we had a 5:30 scheduled flight out of Baltimore direct to Vegas. That uh, apparently a high school lacrosse team had the same type of flight. And it was like about 80 guys on that team, full flight, right? Well, about half hour before the flights get ready to take off, they come over the announcements. They're like, all right, so we got a little bit of what they call a weight problem <laughs> for this plane, right? So like, we're going to have to remove 10 people from this flight. Well, Ryan checked us in late, and they go by whoever checks in latest. So we were oh. on that list, right? They basically tell us, long story short, they basically tell us, like, all right, well, we can't guarantee you any flight, but the only flight we can give you a ticket for is the same flight that they're on, you know, uh, James and Drew, and that's at 9 o'clock at night. But there's three other flights that we'll put you on standby for that happen in between now and then. So we had the decision of, all right, do we leave the airport and come back and commit to the 9 o'clock flight and give up an entire day of Vegas, or do we stay around in hopes that we can get on one of these standby flights? So that's what we did. So we were in the airport for a total of 18 hours, including the extra hour that we were on the fucking tarmac waiting for the yeah, plane I to was, go off. So wait, you guys all wound up on the, on the same flight? All yeah, wound up yeah, on the same flight together. So that part of it is like the only entertainment that we had throughout this, mind, this time, right? So the entire time we're texting them all these pictures of Vegas and stuff, shit we're finding online, like, weather's warm, pool's fucking nice, you guys are missing out, can't wait for you to get here, let us know how your flight's going, like, the whole time, right, they had no idea, then they get there, we're like, let us know when you're in the airport, you know, getting ready to take off or whatever, so they tell us, they're like, oh yeah, we got through security good and all that stuff, so we're like, all right, we're in the food court, so we're like, missions, Mission Impossible <laughs> style, trying to sneak up on them, right, my plan was, if they're sitting down in the seats, we're gonna sit behind them, and take a selfie of us sitting behind them and send them to her, right, to be funny, well, Drew and, and then they're down at the Mexican restaurant in Concourse B, oh, yeah. right? Drew's standing on the outside looking in. I, I spot him. So, that, you know those uh, conveyors yeah. that go by? And I'm like, all right, we're going to ride on the conveyor and just walk by him and take a video <laughs> of us going by. It was fucking hilarious. That was like literally the only entertainment that we had all day. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Vegas, we missed out on the first day. We thought we were going to miss out bitch. on the Michael Jackson show and we had a limo scheduled to pick us up, but very fortunately that they were, uh, able to accommodate us and get the show rescheduled and 
We had a great time, which I'm not going to bore everybody with all the shenanigans of the entire trip because it was a long trip and there's a lot of things involved and I'm sure things will get brought up over time. But uh, did you fly southwest? Was, we did. We flew southwest. That'll probably be the just, last time. Just, just an <laughs> FYI, if you write them, you'll get a so lot we, of credit without going too crazy. They gave us four times over what we paid for uh, the flight in cash, basically. Or, check uh there at the gate so we made out okay financially from the whole thing just you, sucks. you, can you miss a whole day a more, by the i'm way. sure we can and, and ryan's got a whole novel to send him i'm sure <laughs> so. all right besides that i'm back we're back you we guys gotta, missed out on some stuff while you're gone i man. know man a lot of news a lot of news the free agency fren- frenzy is continuing right now as the ravens welcome a few new faces and watch a few walk out the door so we're gonna dive into all things ravens and the latest news yeah and one baby bird hurts a wing and another <laughs> Another is uh, getting his feather ruffled in his first outing, uh, and yet another hopefully falls out of the freaking nest. Right. We'll get to that a little bit later. And in this week's rundown, we're talking this bud's not for you. No. Nope. Uh, costly Achilles, March Madness, and flying cell phones. Oh, jeez. So we got a lot to cover on this week's show. But before we do, we got to remind you, hey, that team over at MD Crash, well, they've expanded. We're telling about you for the last two years. Uh, more lawyers handling a much broader spectrum of cases now, still handling all your auto accidents and injuries at work, of course. But now the team at Bowers, Hassan, and Herndon can help you with family laws from divorce to custody to even child support. Save this number. Update that number in your phone now, 667-220-6500. Call them anytime for any needs. Update that number one more time, 667-220-6500. Get the team at Bowers, Hassan, and Herndon on the case for you. All right, so you guys, Joe, hey, appreciate Joe subbing in for me. Uh, Did very, very well, Carlozo. Appreciate you. We are still child molesters, but whatever, you know, appreciate you, Joe. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you better hope I don't isolate that sound by itself. <laughs> so we, we got to talk the Ravens news. And there are, I know you guys talked a lot about, uh, you know, the, the new signings that we have. I want to give, you know, our take on those yeah. couple of moves too. But first, I got to talk about one that uh, kind of surprised me, right? And this you happened. Mean the head scratcher of the week? This was the head scratcher. Uh, Bradley Bozeman, officially a Carolina Panther now. Uh, not surprising that he left. But surprising that he left for a one-year, $2.8 million deal. This seemed to be the head-scratcher for me. So the, the question is, is, we don't know what the Ravens' offer actually was on the extension. Yeah, we don't know what those numbers were, but at the end of the day, it was an extension. I can guarantee you it was more than one year. And I would think if anybody valued Bradley Bozeman, it would be the Ravens. See, and I think... The only reason teams were apprehensive on giving Bradley Bozeman a long-term deal, especially as a center, was because he only played one season in the NFL as a center, right? So he doesn't have a ton of experience. And this offense is a lot different than any other NFL offense, right? So I understand the risk. It's kind of a team saying, hey, prove it to us. Let's see what you can do, and then maybe we'll sign you long-term. But I feel like even then, uh, with the with the issues that we have on the offensive line, that was a very cheap, affordable deal that the Ravens could have kept them around. Or did he just want out? And it, does, it, didn't, it didn't seem that, that way. way. I know, but it just it, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, to and me. that's the thing that like I'm sitting there going, okay, did he come back to the Ravens at all? Right? Did 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 they come back? Did his, him and his agent come back to the Ravens and say, look, the deal that was there wasn't that great. We understand we turned down the original extension. Would you be willing to honor that or negotiate 
renegotiate that down if we understand if you you know because we turned down the first one if you want to re- if you're wanting to negotiate it down we get that right right it feels like they that didn't happen because I've, i i in my gut i understand where the ravens are with their salary cap but i feel like we would have offered if that was if he came back and said look carolina is my only offer if you can beat one year 2.8 um I'm, i'll sign with you and I feel like the Ravens could have beat that very easily. I, oh, I know they could have beaten it. I think the Ravens' front office and personnel move on from players quickly. They make an offer that they feel is, you know, worth what the offer would be for a player. And I think they did that during the season to try to get the extension done. Bradley Bozeman declined at the time, and his representatives declined at the time. Yeah. And they carved out a path moving on for Bradley Bozeman. So they already had that in the fold. We're already counting on not having him. And I think that's why Bradley and his wife were very vocal on social, because there was a lot of, you could read between the lines that Bradley was going to be done. Oh, yeah, he was you could the see tears it's based, and all. Yeah. Based in their, their conversations and things that they said online. So I don't know. I think it's, it's a kind of a head scratcher because, again, he's super young. He played very well in his first year at center. Uh, and offensive line is just so crucial to Lamar's success. So you hate to see that go, but I think this, for me, solidifies the Ravens' path, I think, in the first round. We talked about like a Linderbaum being potentially a first-round pick for the Ravens, yeah. that that is going to be a prevalent target. Yeah, I, I think that the thing that scares me, right, if, if, what if what if he's not there? Right? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, a possibility. You, 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 I guess you have Makari. You you. You tendered uh, Colon Castillo last week. Right. Um, so, look, th- there's a lot of different pieces to this, but my my big thing is for anybody that's sitting there and, uh, you know, is chiming in and saying, oh, he just didn't want to be here anymore. If you saw the emotion that we were just talking about, that should answer your question for you. It had nothing to do with him not wanting to be here anymore. He's doing what a lot of free agents do. He went out and was testing the market. Right. Unfortunately, to your point, Gambled on himself and he lost. And he lost, right. This is one of those scenarios where it probably would have paid him up better by signing that extension. But it just sucks because I feel like if he would have come back, even if we matched that deal, right? I feel like he would have still played for the Ravens. Maybe. Maybe. We'll I don't know. We'll, Maybe, know. we'll never know. We'll never exactly. Know. The other move that happened uh, yesterday, fullback Pat Ricard comes back as a Raven. This was a guy that I had moved on Pancake from. Pancake Pat. Pancake back. Pat is back in the fold. Rumored to be a three-year deal with an average annual value of $4 million per. We haven't heard for sure, but that's the rumor out there as, the, as to what the contract weighs. Thoughts on retaining Ricard? What you guys think? This, to me, I'll start with you, Drew. To me, this was a deal that I didn't think was going to happen. We've seen it kind of repetitively in the Ravens' history where they develop a fullback. Once he earns his payday, he moves on. But the Ravens bring him back in the fold. Yeah, I can see. Uh, I've seen a lot of stuff where a lot of – I don't know if it's a minority or if it's a majority of the fans, but – I've seen a section of the fans that are like, they see that signing again of a fullback, and you just think, here we go again. It's going to no matter what, it's going to be run. I kind of see how people feel with that, like all oh, the same old Greg Roman offense. I kind of I see how people feel with that, but I think for me, I would think that way too. But when it's a guy like Ricard, where you just see like, it's such a fan favorite at this point. Yeah, like I don't think I I didn't want him to go. So it's almost right. like the deal that it sounds like doesn't seem like it's that astronomical to me that like it really fudged things for their cap and their direction anyway. Because right, he's right such there a fan you. favor for me that like I'm glad he's still in the fold. James, what's your opinion on Pat Ricard? Uh, <clears throat> I really didn't care if they signed him or not. Like I said, I'm not a guy that gets attached to these players because one day they're going to be gone and I just don't get attached like how you guys get so attached to these players. I'm like 
players come and go. They get replaced. You have new jerseys come out. You you come get new fans, and you fall in love with all these players. And then you just talk about like you know <laughs> going to the game, remember like stories, this and that. But I don't get attached to it. And with the the Bradley Bozeman, I think what could have happened was I think maybe he was kind of pissed they didn't even offer him a contract in the beginning of the year. They waited towards like the end for it right. and. Being drafted and selected, maybe took it like offense. Like you didn't even offer me a contract to, to uh, stay here. I don't know? know. It's a business. They did offer him. It exactly. was his, again. It was his first year as a center. So if that was truly the case, then that's poor on Bozeman for feeling that way. You got to get out of your for, feelings. For, for, to, to take a one year deal. Yeah, it's like I it's guess he's trying to bet on, to bet on himself again. So. Uh, I guess he's going to play center down there, I guess. Yeah, that's the plan. We'll so, see what happens. We'll see what he gets then. Let me get your opinion. So uh, I'll talk to you a little bit about it. Pat Ricard comes back in the fold. I'm going to go beyond the whole fan favorite thing because we all, we're all fans of Pat Ricard. Maybe James isn't, but we're all fans of Pat Ricard. But what he brings to this offense, especially written, you know, in a Greg Roman offense, I, we all have our qualms with Greg Roman, but the, he's here. Right, he is the current offensive coordinator, and in this system, you need a fullback, and there isn't another fullback better than him in what he does and what he brings in versatility. Right, and and again, he's gotten more involved in the pass game as a tight end and catching balls out of the backfield. I think you'll see that game start to develop. Again, four million dollars average annual value. I think he's worth every penny of that. Uh, I just didn't think in the current cap situation that the Ravens were going to make that move, and they do. Yeah, I, I think for me it, it made sense yeah. because it tells me two things. One, we need him. For, we need a guy like this for our offensive structure. You know what else it tells me? They don't believe Ben Mason is the next Pat Ricard. <laughs> Nobody did. Right. But and they uh, shouldn't have in the fourth round or fifth they, round. Whatever. They, well, they shouldn't have also right re-signed now. him in this, in this right. offseason either. Right. right. But that's my point is that they know that they need somebody. And they kind of said, you know what? The, the guy to go with here is the guy that we've had. And I get it's it's a success piece, right, with, with what we've seen out of this offense and this scheming. But at the same time, to your point, the versatility that he brings, if a tight end goes down, he can step in. We've watched it more than once. He can step in. He can play that role. He can flip over on the defensive side of the ball. He can go out and play special teams. So he's to label him as a fullback. OK, fine. That's that's by definition his position. But he is the he is the Swiss Army knife of the Baltimore 100%. Ravens right now. And Chuck brings up a great point. He says Ricard is like our Rex Burkhead. The Patriots played better with Burkhead healthy, and that's hundred percent right, Chuck. And there's just certain players that you know go kind of under the radar that impact the offense and make things go. And at, he is one of those guys. Look at there's not many of them in the league, but look at the top two fullbacks in the league. Yeah. Kyle Juszczyk and Pat Ricard, both products of Baltimore, yep. and what we do here, one under Greg Roman, one didn't was not under Greg Roman. Yeah. So mind you, you need to keep that in mind, is that there, there is some success. And I get the fullback is not utilized by all teams, but look at the success that, that, that uh, they've had out there in San Francisco. Yeah. When you start having weapons, you can still open it up and have a guy like Juszczyk make an impact that, like he was, and then turn around and have Pat Ricard do the same thing in Baltimore. With you have a mobile quarterback, having a fullback is not a bad idea. And I right. think you're gonna you might see some teams over the next three years maybe maybe get back on the idea of a fullback train. Drew, what do you got? So do you think this is any indication maybe of anything with like 
oil moving on at some point. I don't know what how the I don't I, I'm never really good with caps and stuff and how the money is. Like I know how sometimes you cut a guy, yeah, it actually screws you up more because you still owe him eight million in dead money or whatever the kind of thing. Like, Ryan. you think there's any like indication of? I don't know. I mean, I, June first, post June first type thing. You can see how the draft folds and maybe boils. Maybe I still think primary position number one for cards going to be fullback, well, yeah. right? and that's not what Boyle's game is. Boyle's game is the blocking tight end. There are definitely, I think, still question marks about Boyle's complete return and health, you know, with his leg and everything, because it's a nasty injury. Um, I, I don't know. I still think Boyle's a part of the future. I don't think he'll be one of those cap casualties. I could be wrong, uh, but I got a feeling that their their plan okay. is to still keep them both. Yeah. Uh, they may even add that third pass catching tight end, which is tight, you know, this tight end group desperately needs and Lamar Jackson desperately needs. One of the more under the radar radar uh, losses that happened this week, uh, Chris Board agreed to terms with the Lions on a one year deal. He's expected to compete with a starting spot out there in Detroit, which is part of the reason that he left. But where this is going to hurt is in special teams, right? And that's that's one of the things that uh, John Harbaugh has kind of built this program around is, is special teams. And you lost Anthony Levine to retirement. Mm-hmm. Now you lose Chris Board. They were your two studs. Cogs, yeah. Yeah, your two cogs in that special teams unit. So that's some big holes uh, on special teams. And he also provided good depth at, at that linebacker. middle linebacker yep. spot. So that's definitely a hole they're going to have to you fill. Know, what's interesting, I was talking in a, in a space this past week on Twitter, and it was, you know, we, we kind of got into that that linebacker conversation, and there were there were several people chiming in and saying, you got to get a linebacker in the draft. you got to get a linebacker in the draft. And I'm like, Guys, take take a step back for a second. We don't know what's going to come of Tyus Bowser, mm. right? So I get that's why you're jumping on this. Chris or LJ Fort's coming off an injury. I get that. But you also have guys like Malik Harrison who who did step up a little bit last year, right? A mm. little bit. It was it was it was an improvement. It wasn't it very looked, debatable. He stepped in front of a bullet is what he did. Yeah. <laughs> that's better <laughs> than Ferguson. But, <laughs> but at the same time, my my whole point with that was I would we are we need guys in other places. You need to sure up that defensive line, right? We did the, the secondary. You sure up the secondary. You went out, you got a safety. I have a feeling we'll wind up getting a cornerback in the draft somewhere. We always do, right? And you also have depth guys that are already out there that could step in and play a different role. Brandon Stevens being one of those guys. So I think there's a lot of different Bobby pieces. Wagner's still out there. Just saying. Can you afford Bobby money. Wagner with the cap? No, that's it, the problem. And the that's why I keep explaining people. Like, it's, a, it's a pipe dream. Would we, you know, if he wanted to take lesser of a deal to come play for the Ravens, 100% you take that all day long. Bobby Wagner's still a very good Okay, great. Player. You signed Bobby Wagner. I, my, this was my point in the Twitter space because somebody said that. And I said, okay, great. Let's sign Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. Who are you not paying now? No, I'm saying if if the numbers yeah. worked out because he took less money to come here, then yeah, you could make. He'd that have work, to take a lot less money than what he's worth. There's some restructures that still haven't happened that could very ha- very easily happen that would free up some cap space. Marlon Humphrey, Ronnie Stanley. There's there's some deals that could be restructured, but nonetheless, Chris Board, in my opinion, is a big loss for many reasons: depth and special teams. That's now two big yeah. losses on special teams. So they're gonna have to find some diamonds in the rough to replace those guys. Uh, yeah. Well. Go ahead, James. Do you think Ronnie Stanley would restructure his contract? I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, that's debatable, right? Greg, what does, you know. If what, he's done for his career, right. I, mean, I think you talk him into it and say, look, we're going to take care of you for the next 10 years. 
Yeah, what does his future look like? What does the restructure look like? What does his injury play into that? There's so many questions. I, I don't know. I, it's but no one if it's not smart him. for him financially, I I seriously doubt he would. Why would you? Yeah. You know, especially if you know <laughs> in the back of your mind that you're not going to be playing anymore. This is the last bit of money that you're going to be making. Why would you do that? So yeah. that's a big question mark uh, that needs to be answered. Well, our, our our money is Stanley Humphrey and Peters, correct? Yeah, that's the that top three money. money. Yep. Yeah, right so now. that's where you got to restructure those three if you're going to do anything there. But so obviously we talked about, you know, the, the those two key cogs on defense and in that secondary being Marlin and Marcus. And when they're out there and they're healthy together, it's it's, it's a force to be reckoned with. Well, we had kind of a little bit of a hole at safety. Mm. Well, they while you guys are gone and Joe and I talked about this last week, they go ahead and they sign Marcus Williams, the former Saint. Pretty nice deal. Five years, 70 million kids, 25 years old. What did you what would you make of this deal? I thought this was a smart move, and this was a typical Ravens move, right? Like, the the Ravens have always built around a strong secondary. Uh, we've been saying for the last couple of years that they needed that true ball-hawking center field-type safety. As much as I love Deshaun Watson, as much as I love Chuck Clark, they're too similar. Deshaun Elliott? What I say? Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Deshaun Watson. That's a different wow. story. I that's a whole other topic. We'll talk about him later. <laughs> yeah, this comes up in a little bit. As much as I love Deshaun Elliott and as much as I love Chuck Clark, they're two similar players, right? So they needed to have a more ball-hawking safety. And I think Marcus Williams does that good. And at 25 years old, you get him for five years. He's going to be here through the, you know, the peak of his career. Guy who's had 15 career interceptions. He's been pretty consistent. Yeah. The ball's in the air. He goes after it. I like Does, I like his style of play. So let me ask you a question, right? The the style of play that he is, and we'll see what, what he brings to the table for the Ravens in the new defensive package that we wind up seeing yeah. come out of McDaniels. Your take, you know, do you do you look at him as that true ball hawking safety, or do you kind of are you still tainted by the Ed Reed days in, in how you're thinking with like Okay, he is that ball hawking free a safety that we're used to, or he's not anywhere Here's the close thing. to that. If the bar is always going to be Ed Reed, the bar is way too fucking high. <laughs> like Ed Reed is a Hall of Famer, and he but, is the cream of the fucking how many, crop. I was gonna say, how many years did it take Ed Reed to get fifteen? No, I'm right. It took him three <laughs> years, and he had fifteen interceptions. I get it. Like he's the greatest of all time in his position, and I'm not holding that ex responsibility or expectation to Marcus Williams. No. But I think that he can come in. We, we've been talking about it for years. The Ravens just don't create enough turnovers, especially last year. They got on this hype two years ago when Marcus. Marlon started punching balls out left and right, and other guys started doing the same thing. Then last year, it was, it was like fest. everybody was trying to do it. Yeah. And they were missing tackles, and, it, and it, turnovers were like few and far in between. The secondary in this defense is going to have to be strong when you've got the likes of Joe Burrow, now Deshaun Watson, or I got Deshaun Watson in the league. Uh, you're going to have a lot of balls that are going to be up in the air. Guys are going to be throwing against this team left and right. So you got to have a strong secondary back Don't there. Don't forget Mr. Trubisky. Especially, especially <laughs> if you're not going to have a strong pass rush, right? Yeah. Odafe away looks good, especially in that first half of the year. And we'll see what happens. But we also had three other veterans on, defense, on that defensive right. front that were able to make up for him. Right. So we've, we've got to have a strong secondary. I was kind of surprised that they were willing to spend this kind of money on it only because we thought we would see more of that money start shifting over to the offensive side of the ball. But I'm not, I'm not, I don't hate the move. I like the player. 
I know everybody wants to give him shit because he was the the responsibility for Stefan Diggs on the fucking Minnesota Miracle or whatever the hell it was called when he was a rookie, right? You can't let one play define it. It was just a very big play in a very big game. Uh, but other than that, since then, he used that as motivation. He's been a top-rated safety. He's been league. a consistent safety. He's been a very, very yeah. consistent safety. Drew, James, any thoughts on, on the signing of Williams? Uh, I liked it. Well, I, when we, yeah. we were sitting down having some breakfast, we, we, I was the one that like brought it up. and I liked it because it's, uh, it, it's an actual like free safety at that position because, let's be honest, Clark and Elliott did like the same exact things. Mm-hmm. And then you, the added factor of like Elliott's always hurt. So like even if you brought him back and he was your main guy for a little bit, you know, does he make it halfway through the season again before another injury? Like sucks to bring that up, but like right. you can't not. So no, I really did. I liked it. It's not that big of a, a deal either. It's not something like big safety market, you know, right. setting the market for safeties type of deal. James, what's your thoughts? I thought he was the highest paid safety after this. I bet. Oh, was he the highest paid safety? I don't know. I didn't see the contract values of everybody else, but he's definitely in the top five. He's a top five, like, paid right now. What was your thoughts? I was surprised because, like, I asked you guys, I was like, who the hell is this guy? And you guys brought it up about he was the one that made the, 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 well, tried to make the play against (laughs) Stephon Diggs. He didn't make the play. (laughs) Uh, And then I was like, we're signing a defensive player, I guess. I guess now they're all focused on drafting a supposedly offensive line and then... A pass rusher. I don't know, but I was I was for it, not against it. So I hope it pans out. But I, I thought we had bigger things and bigger needs to deal with. But right. I guess they wanted uh, another free safety. So William says he was the highest paid, or he's the highest paid safety. Yeah. Now. All right. Well, the t- I don't care. It's still, it's still, I still not. I'm still not. It's still not that like a big deal. To it's not around right. fourteen. Around fourteen million. I I'd a year. still say like. Getting an actual free safety matters. A hundred percent, it does. And you know, Chris Hewitt was very candid on that. You know, and how much that impacts the game, and it shows it changes where quarterbacks have to look and who they're going after. So yeah. it can you always got to keep an eye help out. Chuck for Clark's him. out. It helps Chuck Clark's yeah. job yeah. out. hundred percent. So another thing that happened uh, was, and this actually happened right after the show last week. Joe and I didn't. We were talking about this. You know, the potential for getting somebody, uh, and they wind up signing. Uh, offensive tackle, former now Washington commander in <laughs> um, Morgan Moses. Uh, God, did he look lean in the video when they brought him into the into the castle? Yeah, he looked lean. He looked good. Uh, but this is a guy that they bring in an offensive tackle. Uh, thoughts on bringing in this guy veteran that comes in and immediately helps to shore up this offensive line a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the guy seems fundamentally sound. He's only given up like four sacks or something like that over the past couple of years. He's only he's only had a couple of penalties against him in like 1,200 yeah. snaps. Like he's fundamentally there, right? Um, he's still young enough that I think he can make an impact, especially at right tackle. That's a position of need. Yeah. And at $5 million a year, to me, that's a dumpster dive. That's a bargain deal, especially for any kind of offensive lineman that could potentially be a starter. I'm 100% for it. Not to mention when you watch the video package of him and like, you know, his – what he's bringing to the table, not just on the field, but off the field as well. Every time that they showed a sideline shot of him, he's the guy pumping up the other offensive line and talking to him. So there's your offensive lineman leader that you need that you currently honestly don't have. Yeah. Uh, You know, I don't, maybe Makari right now, maybe, maybe a Zeitler, right? Right. Maybe, but Zeitler doesn't seem to be that vocal of a guy. Uh, He seems to be a little bit more quiet and reserved. So I think this, this provides you that much needed guy on the line. that's going to really kind of shirt up and, 
it, it frees up, you know, now Makari can move over to center or Colon Castillo can be center, uh, which allows Makari to maybe fill in. He can play anywhere on the line pretty much. So, right. you know, you're going to have to figure out where you're going to play. Davison, him, how old is he? I think he's 30 or 31. He's, he's still he's young enough that 31. a three-year deal is not going to, you know, be a problem for this team year one or year three. Uh, but again, a guy at $5 million that can impact the offensive line, that's, that, that just doesn't happen these days. Uh, so I, I like the signing. The, I guess the big news that kind of caught us all off guard that I don't think anybody saw coming was the Ravens had a deal in place, <laughs> quotations, a deal in place for uh-huh. Zadarius Smith to bring him back to Baltimore. Uh, and I know a lot of question marks as to like what happened with this deal, what went wrong, and nobody really knows. But it, <laughs> all you got to do is just pay attention to what's going on around the league. I mean, you had... Von Miller signed an absolutely insane deal with Buffalo. You had Chandler Jones sign an unreal deal. And then I think he just got jealous. I think he got envious, and he realized his market and said, whoa, 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 <laughs> I can make a whole lot more money than this uh, and yeah. pull back without signing anything. Well, today it was announced that he is going to sign with the Vikings. On a much different deal. On a much different deal. So the deal that we laid out, four years, $35 million, $8.75 million a year annually with a max value of $50 million. Now, the max value had a bunch of incentives. incentives. It's very incentive-laden. And a lot of the incentives were going to be tough for him to hit, you know, and especially. So many got, sacks. It he's was, got the yeah. back issues and stuff like that. That's, yeah. you know, you start talking about back injuries. It's not like a sprained ankle. Back injuries usually linger for the rest of your life. You and usually deal with Wolf, them for a Wolf long with time. Back issue right. Yeah. Derek it. Wolf, that's already bit you in the ass one time. This is a lot of money to be barking, you know, chewing off for another guy potentially else back issues. But at $8.75 million, when I first saw that, I thought, Jesus Christ, Eric DaCosta is fucking fleecing people. Like, <laughs> $8.75 million for Zedaria Smith is nothing. We just nothing. paid $14 million for a safety. Right. I was, I was like, I said that to them. I said, this is nothing. Like, Eric DaCosta is straight highway robbering him. Then you saw the deal for Von Miller come across the board and Chandler yeah. Jones. I'm like, holy fuck, there's no it's way this steal. deal gets done. We were in the hotel room. When I was yeah. like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> right, what, exactly. What is the bill smoking up there, dude? <laughs> right. And then the, obviously he pulls the, ta- the the offer off the table, uh, and again he signs a deal with the Vikings, three years, forty two million. Sat for almost a week, by the way. So seven million more total contract value with one year less of contract, fourteen million average a year with a max value of forty seven. So he loses a little bit of money on max potential. But see, I equate this to like bonuses like with work right you sign a, a you sign a contract with a, co- a company to work for them you get paid a hundred thousand dollars a year would you have the potential to make another hundred thousand dollars in a year in bonuses and all that stuff right the, at the end of the day all i care about is what am i bringing home every what am i guaranteed what am i bringing home every yeah. week right what am i guaranteed the extra money is fluff right so that extra three million dollars yeah it sounds pretty and it sounds nice but again you don't know how those incentives you know, are also sounds nice in bonuses uh, five point two five million a year more. Right, exactly. Fourteen million dollars <laughs> versus eight point seven, and that's the guaranteed yeah. annual value of it. This was a no brainer mm-hmm. for Zadarius Smith. It sucks because the thought of a Zadarius Smith on one side and a young guy like Odafe Owe on the other with Tyus Bowser mixed in was super exciting. It completely changed the look of yeah. our defensive front and our pass rush, and it, it would have completely changed our draft mentality as to who we're going after in the draft or who we're targeting early. Uh, but unfortunately, it doesn't get and, done, and they end up signing with the And to your point with the back issues, right? Let somebody else overpay him at that point. That's yeah. why the Ravens were, were doing it. They're going, look, you know our system, you know us. We'd love to have you back, but 
we're not going to overpay you when you've had these back issues. Right. Exactly. You know, you, you've had trouble staying on the field or, or staying consistently healthy, so you're going to have to pay for that, and it's going to come out of your wallet, not ours. Right. Like, exactly. And, and listen, I, I don't blame Zedarius Smith for going after and getting more money. Again, we're not talking about pennies here. No. <laughs> we're talking, you know, a good chunk of change per year. But so the Ravens turn around, and they make a move, they bringing did. back another guy in Michael Pierce. Yeah, bring back defensive tackle Michael Pierce. Very different players, very different positions. Uh, this is your run-stuffing, nose-tackle, defensive tackle Um problem with with Michael Pierce though when he left and he went to the Vikings really hasn't played a whole lot of football over the last couple of years in 2020 he sat out during the COVID year opted out for yep. the COVID year uh and last year played in eight total games last year so but he put up some pretty good statistics in career wise compared to the his time here at the Ravens and that was it was eight games versus 16 I mean yeah he, his stats were were decent statistically he had three sacks 20 tackles 12 of them were solo one forced fumble in those eight games of the Vikings but again two years under that contract with the Vikings they only played a total of eight games yeah uh, so that makes me a little worried but I always liked Michael Pierce as a person I thought he was a good player when he was here. When he um, comes in. And he's fairly young. He's only 29 years old, well, right? When he comes in in the right weight yeah, to camp. That's right. He <laughs> did have the one year where he came into camp severely overweight. And John Harbaugh that's was, why. That's why he only got happy. the one-year extension because right. it was you came – you got to prove your shit now. Right. Like, we're not going to pay you if you're going to be out – if you're going to be unhealthy and not, not come in, in weight. Yeah, this is a three-year deal, 16 and a half, uh, 16 and a half total million. Average annual value is 5.5 per year. Uh, has a four point or four million dollar cap hit going against the Vikings this yeah, year. Yeah, because they they deferred a lot of his signing bonus. Right. Um. So a lot of that actually winds up hurting their cap this year. Uh. So they're paying they're paying him four million dollars to to play against them basically. Right. So fine with me. I'll 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 be fine with that. He's and it, I, that's why he's willing to take a little bit less money. I think this was an and. I think this was an and-or situation. I think they were back and forth where they were going to bring back Brandon Williams or go after a Michael Pierce. I don't think Brandon Williams ends up coming back in the fold at all. I think that it's going to be Michael Pierce yeah. uh, moving forward. So that's where this cap money is going. I was curious to see where B-Will lands. Drew, what's your thoughts on Michael Pierce coming back? Um, kind of split. I'm, I'm in the middle. Uh, I like it because it, it, it did feel like oh, his defensive line was going to be so like – you, you talk about needing offensive linemen. Like you figure, like they were going to spend like five, six picks on the defensive line alone because right. of, you, like you just said, William Sank is going to be here, and more likely Campbell ain't going to be here. Those type of things. Uh, yeah, you're the lack of. Granted, he sat out a year because of COVID. His prerogative. I don't blame him for that. Right. But like, yeah, there is a concerns of playing time compared to in, in across two years, the last two years. So that is the negative to think about, but like if he comes back and that is just a blip on the radar, and he's back into his what we expect of him at, that he was doing here as a Raven before, it's a good signing. It doesn't seem like it's a bad deal, right? You know what I mean? Like you said, the fucking Vikings are paying half the salary this year, so like right. it doesn't hurt, and it didn't cost him a comp pick because he was released. So Nick brings up a good point. Do you think Calais Campbell comes back at this point now that they bring a guy like, you know, Michael Pierce into the fold? I, personally, for me, I think Calais Campbell's just weighing his options, right? He's got one year left in him, and his entire premise of leaving the Jaguars was he wanted to chase a championship, and he thought the Ravens gave him the best chance of winning a championship. So I think at this point, if he's got one year left, he's going to hold out as long as possible, see where every th everybody goes and find out 
you know, what teams have interest in him, and out of those teams, pick the team that gives him the best chance. That could still very well be the Ravens, best and I think the Ravens. Best money. I think the Ravens. Well, I don't think it's money for him at this I point. I really is. don't. I don't think it's money at all for him. I think it's legit a championship run. And if the Ravens are the best team coming at him at the end of the day that give him the best chance, then yeah, he'll come back. Because I don't think the Ravens have closed the door on Clay's Campbell. I think that's a post draft. Like wherever he yes. signs, yeah. be post draft at this point. Yeah. It's kind of how, how it's going to happen. Nobody's 100%. nobody's going to be signing him right now on a deal that is going to be earth shattering. And look, I think he's gonna he's also waiting to see what teams do, mm-hmm. right? I'm sure he's got contract offers, right? He's already said he's talked with EDC, right? Now whether an offer has been put on the table or not, we don't know. But at the same time, I think it was one of those go get what you can get. Give me a shot. Come back and let me know what offers you get. Give me a chance to make what it offers you get for where you want to play. Right now, it's the offers. Yeah. Exactly. We'll see. Now we'll it's see what the offers. Happens. Before it wasn't about the money. Now it's the I'm offers. just saying. I think that's what the Ravens said to him. But for Calais, I really don't think that that's what it is. I think it's about who gives him the best shot. If it came down to the Ravens, Calais is also a much a, a proven player in the league. If it came down to the Ravens and the Giants, and the Giants were going to give him two million more than the Ravens, I hundred percent think he goes with the Ravens because he gives him a better shot yeah. at winning. That's just yeah. my opinion. That's how I feel about it. So we got to talk about the big AFC North news, right? I know normally we just talk straight Ravens, but this well, all ties together. Before we get to the big, big news of this week, let's take a step back to last week because you guys haven't had the chance to give your reaction to the Pittsburgh Steelers getting Mitch Trubisky. I don't really have much of a reaction to it. I, You're not even laughing about no, it? Like, I, well, trust me, I got, I got that out of my system. I, I was... You know, I had a lot of fears of certain quarterbacks, big-name quarterbacks, ending up in Pittsburgh, and I did not want to see that happen. And when it was Mitch Trubisky is the guy that they signed, yeah, it was a very (laughs) big sigh of relief. Until (laughs) we got the latest news, which is the Cleveland Browns agreeing to trade terms with the Houston Texans for quarterback Deshaun Watson. James and I had been talking about it when we were in Vegas. Like, we're just so sick of hearing about the Deshaun Watson news. Will this fucking shit just ever end? Well, we brought on some bad juju, apparently, because now he's going to be in the fucking AFC North, and we're going to have to see him twice a year. Well, uh, overpaid for a backup quarterback. We might see him twice this year. You never know. Well, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. That's right. Browns get Watson and a 2024 fifth-round pick. Texans get the 2021 first-round pick, 2023 first-round pick, 2023 third-round pick, 2024 first-round pick, and 2024 fourth-round pick. So three first-round picks a third-round pick, and a fourth-round pick, are all they, for Deshaun Watson. Are they going to be able to field a team? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're going all in. I think Andrew Barry had been under some criticism. You know, things hadn't been going his way and all that stuff so far. So he said, fuck it. I'm throwing all the chips in on the table, and I'm taking the risk. So you take the risk on the guy that has the biggest question mark around him in the risk, league. Risk-reward, right? So he is a top-five quarterback. I understand. That the, didn't play last year. You're right. He didn't play <laughs> last year. And he's got 22 women accusing him of all these things and all these civil cases he's still going to have to deal with. He's got it. That is the, the 100% the risk. Like I said, very what? expensive backup quarterback. <laughs> well, he's not going to be a backup quarterback. He just won't be a quarterback or <laughs> he'll be the starter. Again. There's either starter or no quarterback at all. No does, backup. Does he have 99 problem and Man. a woman is one? A bitch is 22 of them. <laughs> <laughs> he is his own problem. Uh, but 
this, what was surprising about this is, you know, there was a list of teams that are supposedly interested in Deshaun Watson, and the Browns were listed in that. And, and supposedly the Seahawks were too. They had removed the Browns from yeah. this whole list, right? Like that he had decided he wasn't going to go to Cleveland. So something changed over time. Maybe, just maybe, <laughs> it was this fucking ridiculous contract ridiculous. that they gave him. Absolutely absurd. Five years, <laughs> 230. <laughs> Fully guaranteed dollars. I'm leaving my trade calls. What? <laughs> Why wouldn't you? If what? you if you wind up going to jail, you're still getting paid. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like too. this is going to change the entire landscape of how contracts are going to be written. And we all talk about well, why hasn't Lamar signed yet? And da, 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 da. this is the type of deal as to why Lamar hasn't signed yet, and why Lamar is going to get paid something ridiculous. A guy that didn't even play, that didn't play at all last year, yep. may not potentially play at all this year, next year, or the year after that, depending on how all this shit shakes out. He may have five years that he never plays in the NFL again, and he's going to get two hundred three million dollars, forty six million a year on average. What the fuck do you think Lamar's going to get? <laughs> right, exactly. That, James. Apparently, a deal was in place with the Eagles, but Watson came back and said he didn't want to step on um, Hertz's uh, toes or be be that, that Bullshit. guy. Bullshit. So Eric Barry called him and said, here's what I'm going to offer you. If but you he had no problem being like, fuck you, Baker. <laughs> yeah, but, but what the Browns did, they they ruined started, starting quarterback yep. Contracts that they just fucked the whole league. So That's question though, no. guarantee Absolutely. money. Yep. Question. That's ridiculous. Dude. Who who face value right now? Who wins this trade? He did. <laughs> yeah. Browns or Texans? Texans. All Texans the way. because they, if they can get three first round picks from a player that was not going to be there or never going to play for him anyway, then yeah. And of that's my point. Win. Everybody in in Cleveland that's you know. Rejoicing. Rejoicing. And even across the national media, oh, my God, this is crazy. He's, he's going to go in. He's going to change that. We have no the fucking clue what he's going to do. You yeah. know what I know? I know the Texans are going to look good in about three years. Yeah, you still got a draft right, though. Yeah, the Texans have never been able to do that. Cleveland had, like, three, they got rid of the guy that was, Cleveland was had drafting two right. Two straight years of two first round picks. They got rid of Bill O'Brien. For so. a second, let's for a second put all the off the field shit aside. Let's just say. He off gets, the field shit. He gets, I'm just saying, for hypothetical, let's say he gets He's, cleared of all this yeah. stuff. You're still talking about a 26-year-old, right, 27-year-old, something like that quarterback mm -hmm. who is a top-five talent when on the field. There's no denying that. And he's going to a team that has some weapons, right? And they're talking about now they got Amari Cooper hmm. talking about Jarvis Landry wanting to come back now that, that Deshaun's there, <laughs> right? <laughs> David I, believe, I believe we've had this conversation before. I'm not that, doing it again. That he he had all the he had weapons in Texas and still couldn't. He had a drives. He had he a weapon. Drives. He had a weapon, and that was uh, oh my god, Hopkins. Hopkins, yeah. Yep, DeAndre Hopkins. Had a, he had, the had weapon. a weapon. He had the weapon. They, he's got they a, had a plethora of running backs. They did. They, yeah. He's got a plethora of running backs. He's got good targets out there. Uh, and he's you know he's got a decent defense. The defense has gotten a lot healthy. better, right? The defense has gotten a lot better, too. They're just a more complete team. Uh, so, listen, the Browns are going to be a better football team than they were with Baker Mayfield. With Deshaun Watson, if he's on the field, that's why I said it's a big a rape if. Charge it's out a, there. I said it's a big <laughs> if. Hypothetically, if he's on the field, the Browns FYI, are going to be a better thing? football. Did you see team. the other thing the Browns did last week? I don't know. Maybe. What was it? 
Austin Hooper's been put on oh, the list yeah, to be yeah. released on July, on June first. Yeah. That was inevitable, especially once the the Browns once you tagged Joku. Once you tagged Joku, plus they're talking about giving him like thirteen million dollars a year, which is absolutely insane <laughs> to me. Just two years ago, he was like borderline being cut. <laughs> like the fact that they're going to pay him thirteen million dollars a year is just crazy. He still had struggles last year. Still, I think he's a very good underutilized tight end. Don't get me wrong. I would have loved if David Njoku here is our second pass catching tight end. But thirteen million dollars a year is crazy. Too expensive. To me. It's insane, but I don't know. This AFC North is going to be interesting to watch this year. You, if if Deshaun if Deshaun Watson plays, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, fuck Mitch Trubisky, but that's going to be a fun division. We talked about how good the AFC West is. Well, the AFC North now, from a quarterback play, is not far behind that division. Where do you think Baker lands? Uh, I don't know. It sounds like he's not going to be in Cleveland anymore. Apparently, <laughs> in he, he put out his statement that uh, it's in the best interest of both parties that we mutually <laughs> go our separate ways. Okay, trade him, right? I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to keep a disgruntled Baker Mayfield and paying him all this money as a second-tier backup quarterback or as a one-year bridge gap option in case Deshaun Watson does get suspended? Because more than likely, there is a suspension yeah, from this, the league What's to company. stop Baker from going, fuck you, I'm sitting out? That's my point, right? So the, the Browns, it would be in their best interest to trade him. It's going to be interesting. There's There's been a lot of quarterback carousel going on right now, a lot of teams moving on from you know former quarterbacks and moving on to new ones. I don't know where the best fit is for him. Does he end up down in Houston? Do they make up another deal? I would have thought that that would have happened in this trade if he went to Houston. They didn't want him. That, obviously, they didn't, right? They so didn't want him, but I'm just saying, like, he's going to have to get released, and he's going to have to sign <clears throat> somewhere for basically like nothing because apparently if Washington didn't want you, they took fucking Wentz over you. Yeah. There's nowhere else to go except uh, Carolina. Seattle. But you can't Se- say you Seattle. can't say that these teams didn't necessarily want well, him when the, 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 all this just came about. You're talking about everybody thought that they were completely out of the running for Deshaun. If Texans did not want to take him, no other team is going to take him. But they have Davis Mills. Davis Mills didn't perform badly at the end of last year. Neither did Baker's numbers. Like, if you look at Baker's numbers saying, compared to I, everything, like he's going to be a starting quarterback somewhere. It's just a matter so. of where. I don't, I don't think so. I don't you think, don't think so? Nah. I don't think Baker Mayfield is as bad as people make him out. No, to he be. don't. But I think he's he his hurt mouth. last year. He did. He I played think, hurt. I think they dicked him over too much. I do. Mm-hmm. I think he's. I don't he's, like him. I don't I like don't, his personality. I think he's immature, and I think he's got issues. But talent wise, I think he's a capable quarterback. Is he ever going to be a top fifteen quarterback in the league? No. But I think that he is much better than a lot of nope. quarterbacks are currently. He's a top. He's a top thirty two quarterback. Give me a team yes. that he's going to go to then to start. To start. I don't know. I think I, I'd have do, to really think about it. I think it. he's got to do Trubisky and be a backup. Maybe. Because if Texan didn't want you and you couldn't put a package and that could to be, put him in there. It could be too late for a team to want to take a chance on a quarterback Miami's, like that. No. Talia's the, the guy. They were in the running for Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson, so clearly they didn't want another quarterback. Is, yeah, um, yeah, I think I think the Miami front office and ownership are behind too. I think it was the coach that was the behind. The only that. place that I so think said David said Carolina. David said Saints might take him. They just committed Saints to uh, Jameis Winston again. Uh, Carolina oh, makes that's, some that's, sense. That's who they compare. Baker has better numbers than Winston, and still they sign Winston over trying to well, get Baker. Well, Winston also knows that offense. He had already shown that, that he can win in that offense. But the, so. the only the only team that I can think of him going to and starting is is Carolina. Uh, maybe, maybe. I, like fact, I said, I'd have to really go through I, the league and and I, the league has go it all. Things. I want to point out a factor like to go against what you're saying. You're 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 right into a sense, but 
You also now, granted, that could have been included in the deal with the with the Texans, but you're also sitting there sit, having the news out there that the Browns are still asking for a first round pick for the guy that you didn't fucking want. Right. Who's going to give you a first round pick for someone you didn't want? So in the talks with the Texans, it might only have been well if you give us, a you fifth. know, a, you know what I mean? Like it, 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 they could have just been asking too much of a return for the Texans because. At this point, a he guy like Kim, you're state. not getting a first round pick for him. No. You're gonna end up having to help. Like you're gonna have to like send a pick, right? Like, and, and, to get a pick. and to your point, James, you might absolutely be right. He might sign a one year deal somewhere as a backup quarter. Take that Mitch Trubisky route. Wait for some quarterback blow up job somewhere, yeah. or wait for or a quarterback injury. to get hurt or Even something. Jimmy G was supposed to go somewhere. And now exactly. he, apparently he's he's staying there. Like how, exactly how much? How much does Detroit want? To get golf out, uh, they, they, he's they're not going anywhere. They're pretty they, that, and they're pretty committed to golf right now. So I doubt that that's going to happen. Financially, they're committed to him. The only thing I can think of that could be best for him, like he says, sign a one-year deal, yeah. be a backup for uh, the Rams. Matthew Stafford. He just signed you know, a four-year deal there. Sign a four-year deal. You, you know, if an injury comes, whatever, you have a presentable backup or to still go. The better backup job for him would be reuniting with fucking Klingsbury out in Arizona because we all know fucking Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is a head case one, and he's a fucking easy target okay, to so get me, hurt. Let me ask this. Let me ask this. about Deshaun Watson's deal affecting Murray. Let me ask this. Okay, so we just saw we just saw the deal that happened with Russell Wilson. Reportedly, Seattle still is actually apparently shopping luck. I don't know about that. Luck. But hold on. The luck, sorry. I better take his ass to the used car lot because ain't nobody going to fucking buy a lot. The best is that we we talked about we're in Vegas was, Fred, what about Kirk Cousins? How you get these fucking contracts? Remember how we were like, what the? Yeah, Kirk Cousins, man, he is a fucking <laughs> wizard, and I, I, I have a fear that that's going to be Lamar Jackson's path. Is that he's going to go through this? Well, let the Ravens pay me through the fucking franchise tag, and then I'm just going to sign ridiculous deals elsewhere and make my money. Because his affirmation is wanting to be a, a billionaire, right? He wants to live that whole LeBron James lifestyle. Yeah. So we could see we that same type of thing in Vegas. Him. How his deals were like, Jesus just Christ. unreal. <laughs> it's unreal the amount of money that Kirk Cousins has stole from the NFL. It's crazy. But all right, so. AFC North, like I said, now going to feature Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, all 26 years uh, or younger. Obviously, Mitch Trubisky in Pittsburgh. I don't know. Do you guys think that this improves the Browns' chances if he's on the field of competing in the AFC North? <laughs> if he's on the field, maybe. But I, again, I, I still, I still go back to. You had you had some weapons before, and you couldn't finish drives. Now maybe a change in those weapons helps you finish drives. I get that, but he had to me. He hasn't done anything to deserve the money that he got. First right. off, second so off, so stupid. It is <laughs> second off. It, it, it's a matter of if he's on the field. Does he make an impact? Does he make him a little bit better? I think he makes him a little bit better. I think maybe he's a better fit in the system than Baker was. But I don't know how much better he's actually going to make the Browns. All right, Drew, do you think he makes them that much better? Do they make, does he make him? Do they make him actually a division competitor? Uh, simply put, it's still the Browns being the Browns to me. Like <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like okay, yeah, you got to the playoffs under Baker. That's cool. I I, I believe in Watson a lot more than some, but uh, you know what I mean? Like it still feels like it's the Browns being the Browns and all that guaranteed money, and it's you know what I mean where it's at. Like, Okay, well then he he has to be the top five quarterback, like no matter what, or better for crying out loud, because 
then eventually, like, you're not going to really be able to pay guys or you have injuries and shit. Injuries could just what You know what I mean? Half that defense is wiped out by injuries. You're bottom of the division. Right. So uh, it, it makes them better, but not denying. I mean, it's hard for us to not just that off the field thing. You just don't know. Right. It could be the whole of a year. Even even out six games can derail you the way this a, the whole AFC has become. Yep. As we saw. So it's. It's a toss-up for me, yeah. All right, James, what's your opinion? I don't know what team is worse, Cleveland or, or Texans, but <laughs> when Deshaun gets up there and he's got all this money, I, like I said, I'm done with this fucking talking. I want to see him on the goddamn field, but he needs to hire someone to help him like clean it up his image because if he has a problem in the locker room and, and playing in the division that we are, it could end his career pretty easily, but... Like I said, I, I got to see him on the field. He hasn't played in a year. Like you don't know what he can do, and you're signing. You're giving two thirty. Yeah, it just tells you the Browns are just being the Browns. And and like I said, when this went through, I bet Lamar it start drooling. hundred percent, dude. Like like his like what's it? His mascot where it's like a a, a dog or or or, yeah. or whatever. It, his new logo's got water coming out and drool <laughs> everywhere off of this, dude. Yeah, I, listen, you'd be an idiot if you didn't think that Deshaun Watson is an upgrade over Baker Mayfield. Just quarterback play and what they can do on the field. Night and day difference between the two. So if you're just simply putting it in that terms, yes, he makes the Browns better. Does he make them a division competitor? I don't know, because you start looking at the Cincinnati Bengals, what they were able to do this year, right? They go to the Super Bowl, uh, and they're spending a ton of money on what? Offensive line, what we've been saying for the last three years now. They need to put you know an offensive line around him. Well, they're finally doing that. They're going to be a much better football team. We got to think that Lamar Jackson is going to come out and want to prove that he <laughs> is the Lamar Jackson that he was in 2019, that the Ravens are going to be up there in the thick of things. I just don't think Deshaun Watson does enough for the Browns to compete with those two teams. I still think that they're at number three in the division, but he does make them better um, if he's on the field, and that's the big question and mark. You'll have to decide what you're doing with Chubb soon enough. Cause... Right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly right. All right, Scott, it's time for this week's Liquor Stop social media shout out. What did Jerry and the crew hook us up with? So this week they hooked us up uh, with, it's called Pink Boots Pilsner out of Crooked Crab Brewing Company. All right. Uh, so this is this is a hoppy lager uh, that was brewed in collaboration with the ladies of Crooked Crab in support of the Pink Boots Society, ladies. a global organization for women in the brewing industry. This, cel- this being the month of March where they celebrate women in industry months, this is one that they went out to support. Uh, this is actually not bad. It's 5.7 ABV. Uh, it's it's not a bad flavor. You get like a, a fruity citrusy flavor and then just kind of a natural pil- light Pilsner that's behind yeah. it. Um, it. It's, it's a, it's not anything that I'm sitting here pounding, but it is a, 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 a casual beer, if you will. Yeah. I would, I would drink this if I were eating crabs like this yeah, to me, seems go. like it would be a good crab beer and it's, Rightfully so. It's from the Crooked Cab Crab Company. So yeah. get out to Liquor Stop. Tell them Birdland BS sent you. Get your 10% off. James, who's been hitting us up in the chat room? I haven't had a chance to really dive into it much, man. Yeah, Give us a social been, media shout this, out. This, uh, this week about talks about quarterbacks and draft coming up and stuff like that. Been getting the room fired up. We got a lot going on. So Dave, again, Dave's always the first between <laughs> him and Chuck. So we got... Dave, we got Chuck, we got Admin, we got Jamal, Nick, Joe, 
uh, Joshua, Marquise, William, Marcus, Joe Carlozo, Kamal Porter, uh, Justin Wink, and Thomas Morgan. So everybody's been chiming in. The chat's been pretty long, texting back and forth, having little uh, text battles out there. So uh, it's all good. So. I know There's Joe Carlozo mall. was asking why he didn't get a call for the open uh, the open seat. Yeah, uh, we invited him. It, it wasn't until today taxi. that we figured out that Ryan wasn't coming. Yeah, right. so. We have a big a guest joke. next to me. I don't Joe, know what you guys are get... talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, we had somebody else chime in saying the big guest was really unhappy about one of the trades. <laughs> uh. All right, fellas, it's time for some bros, bows, and o's. And I haven't had a chance to talk about this yet, but fellas, <laughs> there is going to be an opening day. Baseball, baseball is back. Yeah, you guys missed it last week. We, we had did. to talk about it. CBA, you know, kind of going through. We talked about some of the details of CBA, uh, some of the things that the the MLB was, you know, held steadfast on. They wound up mm-hmm. kind of flexing a little bit more. Uh, yet again, I'll point it out, a lot of the things they flexed on and the players did not. Right. Um, they they kind of somewhat more so gave in to what the players were, were doing. So uh, at the same time, I think it, it's one of those things. It's nice to have baseball. It saves baseball for another few years until we have the same damn argument again <laughs> in, a few, in a few years. Right. Um, but a lot of interesting things. Did you guys see the pictures of the bases that are they're testing out in the minor leagues this year? I haven't. I oh heard about God. it. I haven't seen the pictures of them. They're off to show you. Are they huge? I mean, it's, they're, they're literally three inches. I don't it's even inch understand what it matters. Uh, it's like three inches taller. When you sit them side by side, three inches wow. taller, three inches wider. I guess it's to help cut down, like the whole softball thing where they have the double bags at they first got, base. Then put a fucking orange bag at first base. I know, what, but like, that's the only thing that makes sense to me as to why they're doing it, right? Is to keep people from being able to step on each other's feet yeah, and maybe. twisted ankles and that kind of See, thing. Yeah, I, I heard that during. Yeah, that I never happened. I've never heard of three inches making a whatever. difference. Have you? No, three had, inches it, makes a big difference. I heard in talks <laughs> that apparently they're only going to make the first basement a little bit bigger, so you, like you can yeah. put your foot on there, but not. All the rest of them. No, it's all the bags. It's huh. all the bags. It's crazy. Um, but, yeah, so obviously they, things get underway. Uh, we see the, the team report to spring training. Yeah, the the outfield wall reconstruction looks like it's almost done. They've 20 they've, days left. They still need to put in. Uh, it looks like they need to they need to put in the rest of the fucking grass. They have uh, the grass. There's wood on top of it. I got, no, today actually they put out. They, there's, they put down the sand for the sod to go I on top of. I got faith in what's her name, Sherry. Sherry I think they can do it. She's one of the best in the business at it. So the, When they released the photos earlier of of the other side, it looked it looked a little rough. I'm yeah. not gonna lie, it looked a little rough. Uh, but they still have to put the padding on the wall. They got to put some of the railings in still. And they, uh, order and they gotta do what? They had to order the thirty. Yeah. Padding. Hopefully that padding's <laughs> yeah. not stuck on the cargo ship that's stuck, stuck in, in the, the bay. fucking bay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but no. So it'd be interesting. They got twenty days to figure it out. Uh, or I'm sorry, just over twenty days to figure it out. So it'll be interesting to see what 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 they can get done. I'm I'm really curious. It looked like it did look like in the picture today. They do have all the seats in. It looks like. Yeah. Um. So really, really intrigued to see. My new view. Yeah, I'm <laughs> um, sure. So uh, excited for opening day. You'll be there. You'll be the, the end of the row with Joe. Yeah. Uh, so exciting stuff going on. But I hate to be a Debbie Downer. Oh, great. Uh, we talked last week about Adley Rutschman and the you know the concern of would the would the Orioles actually bring him up because they they could keep him down for three weeks and they get that year of service time back from him. We just talked about the new CBA with service time manipulation and all this shit. Well, Adley apparently hit the pothole. After all this comes out, he hit the pothole supposedly during the, the mini camp that was going on for 
the younger guys and for the prospects before the major leaguers arrived. Right. Well, he apparently strained the the right arm. He apparently it was a right tricep strain, and he is now out for three weeks. Which at this point, pretty Convenient. much, pretty much rules him out for opening day. <laughs> right. Uh, conspiracy yeah. or things think like I don't know. I, I, I taking it easy with it's your real top easy to say it's a conspiracy, but at the end of the day, what's stopping Adley from going public and them saying like, "Hey, they're asking me to fucking fake an injury here." Like, there's nothing stopping Adley from doing. It. He's going to get paid, right? That he, whether it's us or somebody else, if he pissed off the organization, Adley wants to play in the major leagues, right? Yeah, but you and, can get blackballed. Yeah, I just don't think they're gonna. Bl- Nobody would blackball the best prospect in baseball. Like well, that. he's not the best prospect in baseball anymore. Yeah, fuck that list. Yeah, <laughs> Who, <laughs> whose list was this? This was MLB Pipeline, who's been Witt. naming him week after week after week after week the top prospect. Well, this week, conveniently after the injury, the guy that went after him in the draft, the guy that we said we were fine with either of them right. in all reality, uh, Bobby Witt Jr. Is now the top prospect, and he's the Royals eh, prospect. Whatever it is what it is. Yeah, but Orioles have two in the top ten. So him it, between Adley and Grayson, who took the mound, uh, we're going to talk about him here in a few minutes. But uh, I think the one thing that, that was nice to hear yesterday, actually, uh, out of Brandon High, is that are apparently happy with how uh, Adley is coming along and the strength. Uh, the strength guys are apparently really happy with how he's progressing. Uh, so I don't know that there's a whole lot of concern. Is he going to make opening day? No, but I do think he may be, let me put it this way. I think he may, may he may be put on the 10 day um, injured list, but I still think he makes the, op- he's on the opening day roster. He will come out and run out at opening day. That's yeah. my guess. I hope so. Like, like I said, I, I want the kid to be up as soon as he's ready. Uh, to Adit's point, you know, the, the Orioles could potentially be all, talking about offering him an extension, uh, whether that happens this year or over the next year or two. I don't think it does have anything to do with service time manipulation. I think this is just no. a bad timing issue. And again, this is your top-rated prospect. There's no rush in bringing him up. Would you love to see him as a selfish baseball fan? Of course. That? No, no rush. No, there's just there isn't there isn't a rush in it. If if you are holding him down because you're trying to see him develop more at the AAA level, that's a different that's conversation. A bullshit, yeah. If he's really dealing with any kind of you know injury, then yeah, let it heal. And if that takes three weeks before he's ready, then so be yeah. it. Well, he'll be here at some point. Well, speaking of injury, we got one guy that's coming off a, a rough injury, but prior to that injury, was having a great year. Anthony Santander. Mm-hmm. He comes back. He spoke with the media this week and basically said he wants to leave the injuries behind him. He wants to have a strong, productive season. The question is, can he? Yeah. I mean, this that's been the big question mark. When he's been healthy and when he's played an extended period of time, he figures things out. He starts to come around, even at the end of last and year. And then gets injured with the back strain. And then it happens again, right? Then he gets injured again. So, yeah, that's the big question mark. Can he shake that whole injury label? I don't know. I mean, I like I Anthony so. Santander. I think that he fits in this ballpark well. Uh, I think he's a serviceable outfielder. You know, he was he, he was in the running for a gold glove before the injury, right? So, Or at least that was the talks of it anyway. Um, I like Anthony Santander, and I wish the kid nothing but, you know, Good luck. I hope he gets healthy because we need him in that lineup. Yeah, I think this this kind of currently, if he can stay healthy, I think he's your everyday right fielder. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, well, let me let me rephrase that because we're gonna get to another guy in a few minutes that he could be an everyday right fielder depending on how they play it. It could, it could also be a platoon right fielder. Cedric is your your starter and center. I think with the extended wall 
in left field now in the higher wall, Austin Hayes becomes more valuable in left field because yeah, of his speed, speed and his coverage, and 100%. he can get to the ball. You know, he he can play a little deeper and get to those shallow balls uh, a little bit better than or maybe Kyle Santander Stowers was. Or Kyle Stowers, right, who's been having a great spring training. Yeah. Um, so it, it's going to be really interesting, but I do hope – you, you hope the best for, best for a guy like him because he's – you know, for me, he's he, he's he threw my son some baseballs, yeah. right? He's he had that whole session where the the yeah. kids from the UK came over. He's he's been a fan favorite since he's been here, and he's been when he's been on the field, he's been damn productive. Yeah, um, and so that's what I look at, and it's I, I, you wish him the best of luck, but it can't be at the cost of stopping another guy from coming up. Right. Um, and I'm going to skip a few What's points up, here because one of the guys. That uh, he better get his shit together, basically, according to Brandon Hyde. DJ Stewart. He better not get his shit together. He needs to get his shit uh, off the field. So yeah. Tired of him. DJ Stewart, it was said by Brandon Hyde this week, big goal for him is to stay healthy and try to be there every single day. But, yeah, it's a big year for him and a big camp, meaning he's got a lot of fucking competition in front of him right now. There's already a ton of competition at the major league level now, and he's got a lot of guys are at the AAA level just knocking at his on feet. the door. Yeah. yeah. So DJ Stewart's time in Baltimore is more than likely over or it's coming to an end very soon. And thank God, because honestly, the, 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 you just have to sometimes chalk up your losses. And I get it. He was a first round pick and you don't want to chalk up a loss on a first round pick. But it was a first round. Pick from the other regimes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. right. To. It's not Michael Elias's problem. Like it was a bad pick. Move on. He's been terrible as a defender. Yeah. You know, sometimes that left-handed bat looks Flash, sweet, and he makes in the pan. Yeah, he makes you know these runs where he'll hit the ball. But really when you let well. a ball hit you in the fucking head in the yeah. outfield, that's fucking Jose Canseco territory. Like yeah. it's horrible. You can't do. And it didn't happen once. It happened more than once. It happened like three times. Right. It can't. Exactly. It can't be there. And you take if you if you have him have that happen. You take away from a guy that's actually having a damn good spring and hit a fucking bomb the other day. Who's that? Yusniel Diaz. So I'm glad you went there because Yusniel Diaz is my put up or shut up guy. Like he is a, another guy was a product from the old regime, right? He was involved in the Manny Machado yep. trade. Was he was supposed to be the, the piece. key piece, the yeah. prize piece from that Manny Machado trade. And he's another one that's dealt with injuries down in the minor league system. He hasn't hit well at the AAA or AA level. Like, he has been underwhelming. And I understand that, again, a deal for Manny Machado, you don't want to give up the prize piece to that. But you've got players that are outplaying him right now that are at higher or lower levels. Yeah, the thing, here, the thing here is there, there was one thing that they, they did knock about him at times, and they said it was the reason that he was having some of the injuries was a little they, – they thought for the position he was a little heavier, which I'm sitting there scratching my head going, and you're letting DJ Stewart play out yeah, there? Right. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, <laughs> right. But he apparently slimmed down this offseason. He, he was in a diet – on a diet that cut out – he says all of his favorite things. Uh, that he So he, he adhered to that. He slimmed down. His What's legs up, are stronger. Uh, had a hearty dose of offseason workouts. And he had a share, uh, shoulder uh, ailment that cut his Arizona Fall League short. Uh, but he's – Apparently, finally over that. But again, that's that injury concern. So you got to get through these. This guy, at one point, he was the number one, number 12 prospect 
uh, in all of baseball. I think he is actually in this new one. He's actually since fallen to, I think he's still in, inside the top 30, but I think he's fallen to like 23 or 24. Um, I don't know that he's still in the top the top 20. That's O's rankings. That's not all. No, no, no top, top 20 in all of baseball. At one point, he was the top, top 12 prospect in all of baseball. I think I he's fallen out of it completely. I don't ever remember him being anywhere yeah. near that high. But that's either way. If that's if that's the case, well, he's fallen far well, from the, those no, But that's why he was the key cog from the mini yeah. trade. He was like he their, was the top, he was their he was, their, he was their third or fourth rated prospect in their system at the time during that trade. Talking about Diaz was right. Um, yeah, it's it's again. That's why I say he is my put up or shut up kind of guy because we do have a decent amount of hitting outfielders in the minor leagues right now. <laughs> Newstrom. <that are> new, <laughs> Newstrom is one of them. Yeah. Kyle Stowers is another one, right? We've Stowers got guys look good in, in in spring training yeah, so far. Stowers look good. Yeah, he's looked real good. So he needs to, you know, he needs to perform. Uh, yeah. And this year is going to be. <laughs> Adit says Yusniel needs to find uh, Vlad Junior's trainer. Then dude lost sixty one pounds in a little over a month. Did you see the pictures of, of Vlad? Yeah, yeah, he completely <laughs> his, transformed his body. Yeah, yeah that's it's crazy. It's crazy. That dude. I mean, he was a fry short of a happy meal. He was yeah. a big boy. He was well, Brett's fielder at one point. That's yeah. what it looked like. That's actually <laughs> a good yeah, comparison. Good he comparison. always starts out good in spring training, and towards the end, he puts a little yeah. weight on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, so one of the things I did want to kind of get into is. Some people are freaking out. I'm not because Uh-oh. of how he started. People are freaking out about Grayson Rodriguez. Monday was act one of the Rodriguez show, as some people are calling it. Remind you, this guy's 22 years old. He makes his grapefruit league debut. This is his first time in spring training. He comes out to Ed Smith Stadium. 10-8 win. Okay. Starts. He learned a couple lessons, right? He learned how to throw a perfect inning. Third inning was a perfect inning for him. Mm-hmm. Looked great. But then he struggled. Four runs in the fourth. But here's the deal. He got his first major league camp start yeah, out of the way. I'm not worried about the blow up in the one inning. This early on in spring training, they're working on location, fastballs. Anybody in the major league level, if they know a fastball is coming, they're going to be able to hit it. I don't care who it's coming out of their hand, right? So Grayson has a great pitch repertoire. I do not worry about him being able to perform at the major league level. This one blip on the radar is all it's going to be. It's just a blip on the radar. It was his first exposure. He got it. I'm sure there was a lot of fastballs, too. Sure, That's what I'm saying. I'm sure there was a lot of nerves tied to it as well. It is what it is. Grayson Rodriguez is going to be your number one pitcher for a long time here in Baltimore, so get used to that name. Uh, It's just good that he able to get his first work at a major league camp like that. So. Kudos to Grayson Rodriguez and the Orioles for getting that done. Yeah, it was it was good. He said it's huge. First outing of the spring. It's always good to see some other jerseys. We were able to get out there, throw some good spins. Unfortunately, the, uh, they got runners on base and a few hits dropped in. Uh, but other than that, it's relatively good day. Again, to your point, you're just working it out. Right. Um, so kind of shifting gears a little bit and, and looking at the infield and just looking at uh, the, the offensive side of the ball, two things happening happening. Number one, I wanted to get your take. Obviously, the Orioles signed Rudinette Odor mm-hmm. in the offseason. Potentially to help provide some competition, maybe even provide some assurity or some stability to the middle infield. Uh, thoughts? Does this? Do you think he makes the major league roster just to provide you some depth and, and give you a solid 
Nah, middle infielder. 100% he makes the major league roster. 100% he's your day one starting second baseman. There really isn't a better option out of the gate. Are there some intriguing options in the lower minor Minors, league options? Okay. Yes, but they won't probably see the league until September or next year, if even possible. The guys that, you know, the Vavras of the world and that kind of thing. I think Rugnado Door was signed to be a stopgap until those guys are ready. So absolutely, he'll make the roster and be your day one starter. So, Drew, I know you've been following a lot of these guys. Is there any middle infielders, especially second baseman, that you think have the potential to be ready sooner rather than later? I, I don't have a different answer than Fred. Fred's exactly right. Like, okay. there isn't, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, a lot of your top playing like is like a Gunnar Henderson shortstop. Like right. Maverick is switch over, but like Westberg shortstop, like a lot of those guys, like uh, there's just that more of that left side of the infield than second base, or you know it's like your left side of the infield and first baseman, like that's where it's at in the outfield. So you don't really have that standout second base prospect, and it doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? Like you didn't bring the yeah. guy in. You know what I mean? Like you, it's you didn't funny. Sign him. I think we forget a little bit. I'm not saying you do necessarily. No, I, think I we forget I'm, a little bit. Like. You had the lockout, and that was like your big signing. Right. But, I mean, it's still a very – whatever he does at the bat, that's a different story. It's cooled off since Texas. But at, in the field, that hasn't changed. Yeah. And, and you I, need that. You're going to need that one way or the exactly. other. Exactly. And right. I, I asked that question, you guys, just to see if there was a di- if there happened to be a different take because nah. we really haven't talked about this. But I think we're all in agreement. He, he's, he's definitely making the roster. I think it is intriguing. I do think it's intriguing the way Richie Martin has actually looked defensively uh, this this spring training. I don't know if you guys saw the play that he, he had the other day. Uh, I forget who was at third, but it just went right under the glove. He scooped and have a had a, an awesome on strike throw yeah. to first base against the Red Sox. There's never uh, been a whole lot of questions about Richie Martin as a defender. He's always been a pretty good defender. No, but he almost uh, to me he almost elevated because this was this was fucking deep in the hole. The play itself, Jeter esque. Deep in the hole, jump throw. It was Jeter esque. Had Jeter written all over it. Mm. We don't see a whole lot of that. We don't yeah. see a whole lot of deep in the hole shortstop play that works out. I, this he, he looked good. Right. He looked like he had been working on on his range, working on his arm strength, and it, it looks like it's been playing out. So I think it's it's just intriguing because you're talking about that backlog over there at shortstop, Drew, and that starts to make me wonder. Okay, which one of these guys? is your future second baseman. Because I think you're going to take one of them, you're going to put him in second base. The other one, you could potentially move to third base, depending on what you're going to do. But there's a lot of different things here to, to see what you can do. Um, so, Deep brings up a good question, because we haven't talked about this yet, and I would like to hear everybody's opinion on this, especially Drew. Did Correa switching agents mess up the infield plans? Boris is the last agent to agree to split a 10-year, $300 million offer. The moment the O said no early opt-out, they were out of the running. So... Yes, I I do think the Orioles standing ground on the the no early opt out was ultimately uh, the the factor, and and Boris has never uh, worked well with the Orioles in yeah. in history. <laughs> like it's 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 always it worked out for him one time, one time, one time it worked out for him. They, the Orioles have just never worked well with with Boris. I thought things would be different under Mike Elias, uh, but you know for for a guy like Carlos Correa. To turn down a three hundred to three hundred and fifty million dollar guaranteed contract from the Orioles, 
Well, I can always come That's back. That's pretty next year. crazy to me. Like I, I was totally shocked to sign a much smaller deal, which is really, if you look at the way that the contract's laid out, it's really only a one-year deal because yeah. the team has the opt-out after year two and three. Oh, he has. So, he has I'm sorry, he has the opt-out after yeah. year two and three. So he's essentially betting on himself that he can go in there, prove that he can play, uh, and know, then go get a giant and then contract go get another contract yeah. with maybe a better team. Or maybe he wants to see what the Orioles are going to yeah. do this year and then maybe sign that 10-year deal with the Orioles next year. I liked it. Who knows? We'll see. I, I'm just excited that the Orioles were willing to spend that kind of money. Like, yeah. honestly, I didn't think we'd even be in the ballpark of a yeah. 30000000 type player, uh, especially this early on, because I think we're all in agreement that we're probably still a year or two away from the top of the top talent being here and playing every day, right? Adley, Grayson, they're on the cusp, but I'm talking the rest of the talent being behind them and being ready for this team to be competitive. A guy like Carlos Correa doesn't come around so often. This is why like, when the Orioles were offering this contract, I thought, well, they're doing this a year earlier because there's no guarantee that another player like Carlos Correa's value is going to come around next year. So they're going to pay the extra money to have him early. Uh, but Correa spoiled those plans. Yeah, I think it was. I think it's interesting that they were offering him a ten-year deal. I, I just, I, I guess you, you know they're looking at the cog. I think the history, obviously, with Elias and being in Houston and being the guy that kind of. <laughs> told told that organization to, to to bring this guy up and to draft this guy. So th I think there's something there, and I think that's why we heard the intrigue maybe from Correa's side and why there was conversation. Uh, but at the same time, I, I do I do think ten years was a little aggressive because you don't know when your window is. So you're hoping that you're going to be able to sign him, and you're going to I guess you're you're betting on that it's going to be a long window. Right. But you got to maintain drafting these good guys and keeping these guys coming up. Because in order to – what you're going to have to do at some point is you're going to have to take some of these younger guys that you don't have space for on the roster because the, the team is already young and you've already drafted well and, and brought them up well. At some point, some of those pieces are going to have to be traded for that one piece away type thing, right? Yeah. The same thing they did in Houston. Going you out gotta and getting, get to that getting the Scherzer. First, yeah, <laughs> you got to ever get enough earlier. We're nowhere you, near it. No, but I, I think the fact that they were willing to do that tells you, like we said before, they're closer than some people think. Some people still think three, four years away. Right. Drew, what was your take on the Correa situation? It was a roller coaster, at least. It was. Because uh, you didn't know. You know what I mean? Like two weeks ago, we were talking about it because the news had broken before the show. Uh, like during that day before that show, it was kind of like, oh, shit, took you back. And you're like, you wouldn't have expected it at all. Then you're like, all right, well, maybe that's just at least that's a sign that like, well, the, I, that guy could be the cornerstone, right? That that sends him over the hump after this year. You know what I mean? Because like, no matter what, it's going to come down to how you pitch, right? We already know that anyway. So it was that roller coaster. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm glad if it, if it comes down to the opt out thing, I'm not really that surprised. I'm glad, kind of glad then you wouldn't give like a similar contract to Minnesota right. and allow him to walk because if it isn't improving. Like you think we think we think it's going to be you know you know they'll be much more competitive next year. Uh, it's and, one thing if you're giving him an off and, an opt out after like year seven or something. You yeah, know what I mean? not in the first three years. So no. I guess when 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 it broke that he signed with the Twins, I'm like, what the fuck? But then when I heard the opt out, I'm like, I know it's Elias, so maybe it's a little bit of a different regime. But like they have they've never really been about the opt out, right? Like no. when Davis signed his deal, like that was kind of a thing. Like there was no opt out. I, yeah. It's just look, you're signing the deal, and you're signing the deal. We're not, we weren't really giving the opt outs. So when it comes to the opt out thing, it doesn't really surprise me. It sucks. 
I mean, at least, but at least it shown like it. It wasn't some made up thing. Yeah. How serious? How close it was to him being here? That's a different story, especially with the switch to Boris. We know, you know, you yeah. said, but like him, like being connected to us at all, that was real. It wasn't some little made up rumor that you know fan, yeah. fans ran with. Like it was a legit rumor that there were at least talks. It's a good sign, at least. Yeah, James, yeah. what's your thoughts? Like when. It was proposed that we offer that contract. I was like, oh, wow. I, I think they know that we're closer than what, what we think we are. But then when they gave him the opt, I mean, when he opted out and signed with Minnesota to, to come back, I was like, that could leave the, the door wide open for next year, too. Like, to see what the, right. the Orioles are going to do, see who they draft, and go from there. But I think it leaves the door open. But for him not to take guaranteed money because, you know, if the I'm surprised the Orioles didn't do it where they can opt out and don't have to have that hefty contract like they had with Davis. So right. to both parties, I think it worked out well. They they made an offer that everybody thought the Orioles weren't going to spend any money because of Davis, but to, to come out there and, and, and offer that kind of money, I'm, I'm all for it. All right, fellas, it's time for this week's rundown. Scott, I'll let you kick this week off. All right. uh, So, look, the shit show in Washington, uh, it just keeps getting worse. This week, or this weekend, Anheuser-Busch, the drink, the alcoholic drink of the NFL, the national sponsor, (laughs) has announced it is terminating its partnership with the Washington Commanders. They said Anheuser-Busch has decided not to renew its sponsorship of the Washington Commanders team at this time. We remain fully committed to Washington football fans, and we look forward to continuing our long-term partnership with the NFL and our other 26 team partners to create meaningful experiences and connections for fans across the country. Uh, This is one month after the NFL hired former SEC, not the college, Securities and Exchange Commission Chair Joe, Mary Jo White to investigate an allegation that Dan Snyder sexually harassed a team employee more than a decade ago. Uh, so that's where all this stuff is really coming out. Now, this is also comes one year. This time last year, there were two companies, Iova, uh, Inova Health, as well as a local medical billing company, Medliminal. They both cut ties with the teams with the team last year because of everything that spun up and all right. the problems that were going on. So this is now three of their, you know, three of their pretty decent sponsors that have pulled out of Washington. And so far, word is they have no replacements. Wow. Wow. If uh, Anheuser-Busch isn't willing to deal with yeah. you, who the hell is? Right. Well, goes to show. That is just the shit show that it is in Washington right now. It's a bunch of bougie people. It'll be, it'll be White Claw. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> White Claw and truly. So <laughs> yeah. this story here got me all my feels when we were on vacation in Vegas. Top 10, 15, wherever you want to rank them, overall rated prospect in the upcoming NFL draft and a potential target for the Ravens at number 14. David Ajabu tore his Achilles right in front of scouts and NFL executives during his Michigan Pro Day workout. This brings up all the reasons I talk about why it's so risky for some of these players, especially the top of the board prospects like this, the top 20, top 25 prospects to play in their bowl games, NFL combine, the pro day workouts, 
this is, I mean, I, listen, I, I get that players can get hurt anywhere, anytime. Terrell Suggs got hurt playing basketball. You could get hurt walking out of the fucking shower and slip on your tile or something stupid can happen. But you can, sound like you're talking you can, from experience. Hey, you I'm can just say your Achilles <laughs> running up a rainbow set of stairs. You can, you can do that. Thank God <laughs> nobody did that. But you have to try and limit the potential risk as much as possible, especially leading up to the draft, right? Because the draft is what's going to get you generational money. I'm talking again, the top 20 prospects in the draft. It's different for those guys that are fighting to go up a draft board from the fourth round to the third round, third round to the second round. Those guys need to put as much tape out there as possible. Those guys need to put as much statistics up there as possible. So I understand why they do it. But these top 10, top 15 guys. Why the fuck do you participate? You're I, I, just, hurt I just don't get it. Uh, it blows his Achilles more than likely is going to drop him significantly, could potentially even drop him out of the first round, and somebody's going to end up getting a steal on him in the second round. Hopefully it's the Ravens. I'm just saying it could be anybody. Um, but it sucks because this is a guy that I thought would have been a really good fit for the Ravens if they didn't go offensive line as an opposite rusher of, you know, Adafi Owe, but don't think that this, that's happening. This goes to James' point. You, you can't get up in your feels because you, you, you have to think like an executive. Did you learn nothing from Moneyball? Yeah, did you watch those executives? The minute he fucking went down grabbing his Achilles, they turned their back on him and be like, all right, well, on to the next. See you guys. Yeah, they, they, even they didn't even give things. a fuck. They turned their backs and said, see you later. What is you learn nothing from Moneyball? You don't yeah. worry. You don't, don't put emotion into right. the players. Like, James is right. They're like, oh shit, we got, we can still catch the flight. <laughs> All right, Drew. going to Sizzler. All right, Drew. I heard Southwest been fucking up. I gotta get out of here. All right, oh, Mark Mattis. It's fucking mad as always. Thanks a lot, Kentucky. Fuck off. <laughs> Cost me one hundred eighty dollars. First sports bet I ever made. Uh, Kentucky. Fuck Kentucky. Loses to St. Peter's. Have you ever heard of them? They're somewhere in Jersey. It doesn't matter. Uh, so I had PTSD. St. Paul's is that lacrosse team. <laughs> fuck us on the airplane. <laughs> uh, so we're down. We're down to the Sweet 16. It gets back underway on Thursday. Uh, on one side, you got Gonzaga versus Arkansas. Uh, that's a one versus a four seed. You got number three seed Texas Tech versus Duke. Come on, Texas Tech. Please. Yeah, please. right. Goddamn Michigan God. State blowing that shit. Uh, North Carolina looking strong. Look, yeah. there, uh, the AC taking on the four seed UCLA looking good. Uh, Purdue, the lone Big Ten team left yeah. left standing against the aforementioned St. Peter's. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I mean it, it sucks that they beat Kentucky. I wish they would have gone against somebody else and, be, and beat them. So Michigan, Cinderella Michigan's out. Michigan did no, lose. Michigan's still in. So there's another Big Ten team. Sa oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, sadly. Uh, <laughs> Over on the other side, you got Arizona, the number one seed, taking on Houston. Uh, really good Houston team as a fifth yeah. seed. That's that's, that's a, a tough game. match. It should be should be a very good game. We're looking for that one the most. Yeah, Michigan still alive. Somehow their coach is allowed to coach. We won't go into that again. <laughs> They're taking on a very strong Villanova. I mean, anytime Jay Wright's in the tournament, yeah. it seems these last like several that years, dude, man. He's, he's he figures something. it out. Like he, they talked about it, uh, Vinny and. Um, uh, the shows uh, the, the late morning, yeah, Vinny and Haney show. Like he could be like the next Coach K, like if he wanted to stick to that team and not go to the NBA, right? Like he and it, it kind of is like that that early Coach K look. Like took a while to get there. He's got the recruiting, get a couple he's titles, got the, quick the basketball and, knowledge. And yeah, he's you know got it set up. Yeah, uh, the last four in uh, that'll be Kansas taking on Providence. A very good. That should be another really good matchup. And then the one that probably no one wants to watch, but that's still pretty cool. Iowa State's the 11 seed, taking on the 10 seed Miami. Miami, Larry Nagas does something special every year, so you never they could be in the fucking Final Four, and it wouldn't shock you. Yeah. So 
That's the Sweet 16. March is March. Is March. The only give crazy... me your championship. Give me your championship prediction. Uh, I want it right now. Well, mine's gone. All right. Well, give me okay. a new one. Uh, give new me a new one. one. New one out of the 16. I, 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 I really would like to see Gonzaga finally win a title. Yeah, they almost lost They're it the other day. Yeah, this they is, yeah, they almost lost that one. I was sitting one. on the edge of my fucking seat. This yeah. is their seventh straight Sweet 16. All right. Like, you know what I mean? They were in the championship game, they, yeah. and they lost to Baylor. Yep. You know, so that's not it's not a bad way to lose. But I, I'm hoping it's them. Uh, my gut would say it's not going to be them. Who's your gut say? My gut was don't say Duke. Sorry. God damn it. Me and him should have. We, we were talking about it in Vegas. Duke, Duke Ryan, like, damn just, it. Just die. I don't I think it's Duke terrible. Just somehow just it just somehow helped me. It's their little swan song, but uh, Jesus, take. The I wheel. think they make it to the final. They've four. had too many close Duke, games. Duke ain't gonna make it. But I'll put a hundred dollars on. I'm still gaming. I'll, I'll put. <laughs> I'll put a hundred. I think it's Kansas versus UCLA with dude, Kansas. I tell winning. you what, right. Arkansas is gonna upset Gonzalez, dude. Arkansas is Gonzaga. Great. Gonzaga. Arkansas? Yeah. Arkansas is a good team. They're a good yeah. team. They are. They're we'll underdog. Get, we'll get into predictions after the show and James, the after hours. James, what got, what's, man? Your, what's your story? All right, there ain't nothing much going on in Portland because now Damon <laughs> Lillard is out for the rest of the year. But then you have uh, Jufu Nukrifis. I don't, I don't even know. Yusuf Nurkic? You know, he's just a Wow, t- you pronounced a name? I tried. Wow. I don't know if I did it right, but I he's tried. Just, to me, he's just a tall, tall motherfucker. Fuck off. Um, but uh, apparently after his loss against the Pacers, uh, 129-98, he decided to go to the locker room and... Before hitting the locker room, he decided to grab a fan's cell phone and toss it into the crowd. I don't know what he said. I've been to a couple games and sat courtside and never wanted to film the the way team coming in, especially no seven foot. Uh, but apparently he must have said something or, you know, gave us a wrap and just took it and tossed it. Uh, so then the... NBA decided to, to find him forty grand, so that was an expensive phone, just like I have. Jesus a, Christ! I have expensive pen and sanitizer, so that's up there. Oh, forty uh, grand that could buy you forty iPhones. Hey, Drew, there's forty of them waiting for you, buddy. <laughs> no blue. We almost all pitched in and bought them when we were in Vegas. <laughs> we went by the Apple Store. No Any? rules. No boundaries. Two topics, 30 seconds each. It's time for the two-minute warning. All right, fellas, it's time for this week's two-minute warning. James, who's reading the questions? Drew? Drew's got it for me this week. All right, I'll start this one off. Yeah, Drew, one, whenever you're if ready. If it wasn't for March Madness, this would have been my topic because I love this guy. All right. Al can moved uh, into sole possession of third place all-time in the NHL yeah. scoring list. Passing Yager uh, was six, uh, 766 last week. So <clears throat> as of today, he stands at seven, 770. He was you know, 17 years in. So if you think he can get to 20, obviously he'll pass Cordy Howe. Do you yep. think he can pass Wayne Gretzky for the most goals of all time? So Gretzky's at 894, so he needs about 130 still to do it, right? So Ovechkin averages about 40 to 50 goals a year, uh, so he's going to need to do this for three more years. I think Ovechkin can do it, and I think he's at that point now where that's his goal. You know what I mean? I, I don't think he's – I think he could play a Yarmir Yager type of career. He could play until his mid-40s. So yeah. he's just so good, and he's still playing at such a high level. I don't think that that's even a problem bearing injury. Yeah, I think two years ago when you were asking me, I think I, I thought he would be out in five years. Mm-hmm. He's playing He's playing at, a, at an absolute elite level. Yeah. 
I think you could be looking at the greatest player of all time. Yeah. Um, he could take over that, that goat spot from Wayne Gretzky. It absolutely makes sense to me, and it's absolutely possible. I, I think he could do it in three years. It's the whole Jordan and LeBron debate yeah. between the two of them, yeah. I think. <clears throat> so with Chael Sana picking up 11 battery charges, Jorge, Jorge Masvidal picking up his own felony battery charge, <laughs> guys like John Jones doing their thing, is there any worry about the UFC's reputation? I mean, listen, the UFC is going to pay whoever wants to fight and whoever's going to sell tickets. It's just what they've done. And people still buy them, right? Yeah. UFC, regardless of all the bullshit, is still a super entertaining product. It's way more entertaining than, than heavyweight boxing. boxing fights, right? So I don't think it's going to hurt the UFC's reputation. It's not a good look, but no, they're still going to make money. Yeah, I think I'm along the same lines. I mean, I think... It I think it hurts their reputations with the 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 fair weather fans. The, the kind might of hurt your reputation fence. with certain sponsors, right? The sport itself. You're, you're gonna get, if it's going to hurt its own reputation, the sport itself is going to hurt its right. own you're, reputation. You're, you're kind of on that fence. You're, you're still paying people, you know, and they they have the battery charges. Still have these things. You have the shit that that Conor now Conor McGregor hasn't had necessarily outside of the the hand truck into the bus incident hasn't had a, a big incident. But you had John Jones. Now you've got these two guys. It, it's just you know those people that are already clamoring and. Uh, in, they're just chattering more. That's all it is. Right. No, I agree with you. Oh, wrong one. <laughs> You've been out of the game too long. Listen, that was one button. I made one mistake. That's what happened when you turned 40. That's right. Scott, oh, sign us off. Hey, before you guys go, just for you Terp fans out there that tuned in and we didn't talk Terps, Ryan is uh, not here tonight. He is working. Him and I are going to record the latest Shell and Tell episode Thursday night, so that should be uploaded either Thursday night or Friday morning. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. The Terps ended up signing their new coach for the men's basketball squad. You'll see our opinions. You'll hear our opinions on Thursday. I'm intrigued to get your guys' yeah. opinions on this. But yeah, we want to remind all of you guys, check out our website, www.birdlandbs.com. While you're there, get yourself some Birdland BS gear. We're always sporting it. Make sure you learn about all, each of us. Contact us. Check out the show and tell page. As Fred said, you get the latest episodes all there. Uh, you can also check out our bio link, bio link, uh, bio.link slash birdland BS. Takes you to everything. Bio it's a link. was a great movie. <laughs> yeah. It takes you to everything. Uh, you can also check us out on bigplay.com and download the Big Play app. Follow us on all of our social media sites at Birdland BS is how you find us. I don't know how you're watching us if you haven't found us there, but make sure you like us everywhere. Hit That's like, hit subscribe, hit all them buttons. Hit all know. those buttons. Turn your notifications on. Hit the share button, too. Look for us uh, as well, especially on Twitter and some of the spaces. We've been jo jumping in some of those at times. We're going to – it's definitely me. It's more Not so this me. Guy. Uh, but, yeah, I try to jump in the spaces every once in a while, so make sure you chime in. We'll probably host one here soon. Uh, and also check us out on Instagram. The audio version of the show can always be heard on all of your podcast platforms, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're at. Make sure you, you like us. Make sure you follow there. Make sure you drop us a review as well. As always, we thank you guys for tuning in and watching the Birdland BS show. Stay tuned for the after hours where we're going to hear some stories out of this guy from <laughs> Vegas. For Fred, Drew, James, Ryan, who's working tonight, and Joe, who filled in last week and did a damn good hey job. Hey, thanks, Joe. Appreciate we'll you, Joe. We'll see you guys next week. See you. It's time for the after party. It's last call for alcohol, and apparently James can't eat salads?
Yeah, we're a few hours into our trip. He couldn't could eat a salad properly. So there were multiple choking incidents on this trip. It started in the hotel, or it started airport. in the airport. Are I, any of these X-rated choking incidents? No, no. Started in the airport. I was eating a fucking. I don't even know what I was eating. Chicken, chicken, or, chicken and waffles is what I was eating. And I almost choked on my fucking chicken. Luckily, there was uh, a nurse uh, eating that. <laughs> uh, then J- James later on in the week eating fucking salad, almost choked on his fucking salad. There was Went somebody down else. The wrong pipe. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Like, oh, you choking? You almost died. Yeah, it was pretty close. <laughs> Uh, but now, nah, man, Vegas, Vegas is a ton of fun uh, for any of those that care out there to hear the stories. I mean, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about them. You guys chime in with your versions of them, too. So uh, as we said, it didn't start off well with the whole flight thing. So once we got there the first night, we didn't get in until what, like one something was, to the hotel. Yeah, we landed at like one. By the time we got to the hotel room and checked in, it was like two. Yeah, you guys were all we, done. We were all done. I can imagine you done. sat no, done the airport the all day. The rooms were a shit show, too. Oh, you go on this floor. You'll have a oh, kingside yeah. bed. This oh, side yeah. had double bed like we get there we had to cross rooms and stuff like that. yeah we were all just ready to fucking hit the f- hit the floor <laughs> at that point like just done uh but we did we went to bed we recharged had yeah. a great day the next day uh we all went to top golf which was a lot of fun um actually uh drew's wife and i had a date yeah we went to, yeah, uh, a date to oh. we went to the jabba walkie show Thank shout God out to I ariel to we were uh throwing back some of those uh washington apples some good stuff uh <laughs> i hate you <laughs> I don't even hate the date. I hate the Washington Apple. You know, I had, you I had, Washington I had apples never like, oh, heard it. Good. I had never heard of it before. And she's oh, like, oh, you've you never gotta... had a wa- How never, old are you? Never. Never had one. Like, never I, heard of it. Nothing. I never had one either. And she's We're telling me what's in it. And I'm like, she'll fucking drink. It's so bad. I, I don't like, understand it. Yeah, do it up. I'll take one, whatever. We're going to watch the Jabberwockies together. Let's have a good time. So anyway, we had some drinks. Jabberwockies were fucking great. So Did everybody go to the Jabberwockies? No, it's just her It was just her They didn't care about it. I love the Jabberwockies. So they are a great group. But you know what's crazy is like so during the show they do this whole timeline thing of like when it all started to where they are now right yeah like i didn't realize how long it had been but it was 2003 when their first like appearance was on whatever dance show it was i don't even remember what it was but it was 2003 that they were on so that's how long like, I, I, they've I been around school, I and they did like the 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 couple specials so there was a a dance that they did, they used to call the Red Pill, which was mm-hmm. the first dance that kind of made them famous and what won them that show, that talent show. They did that during the display here. I'm sure it's totally new dancers and all that stuff, but I don't know. It was fun. It was interactive. It the was music the style, was fucking yeah. great. The sound, like the sound quality in the in the theater was amazing. They were very interactive with the fans and all that stuff. Uh, it, it was a good time. Uh, so we did that. Then we went to Top Golf, which I almost got kicked out of for hitting <laughs> golf balls almost out of the fucking range. Fred, Fred, no, Fred I wasn't, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying. It was one of the shorter ones. It was like 225 yards to the net, which is listen, nothing. Listen to him, Brian. It was only 220. It's, yeah, but 220 is nothing. I, I mean, it's, it's, you and I can hit 220. Right, I get it. I get right. it. Right. So, I mean, I'm hitting them like three quarters of the way up. And again, not really trying. And the guy comes over to me. He's like, yeah, you're going to have to keep those in the, the, the arena. You're not allowed to use your driver. Like, you need to use the six iron. Too many people out there walking around. Somebody gets hit in the head with a golf ball. There's a lawsuit. It gets messy. He's like, keep them in the range. But this is at the end of the night, though. Yeah, so uh, we had a fun. good time. It was a fun. What? Bring up the next story. Give me something else. Uh, I don't want to be right, let me ask this. Yeah. What the fuck is Yahtzee? Because it ended up uh, as our okay. title, and so, I got no clue that it's okay. a bad joke. With this so one. you've heard enough about the Monday, I mean the Sunday debacle. Debacle. So you, we went to this place right by the, ho- uh, the hotel. Uh, it was like a bar grill. It was We had a brunch. So I think we were just, you know, you're sitting there chit-chatting about the day, what we're going to do, all, what, the shit that just happened. 
And Fred was just like, can we just stop talking about it? Like, it's a, it became like the silence game type of thing. Like, like we got to stop talking about this. All right, well, you want to get it out. Let's just $5 bet. If you say plane, Southwest, or flight, <laughs> you get, if someone catches you. Yeah, I got to yell Yahtzee. You got to yell Yahtzee. It started off as Bazinga. Ryan was trying to make a Bazinga. Yeah, as I was like, I can't like, even fucking, I can't think of that nobody word. Nobody can say that. Nobody I can't with the Yahtzee I, thing. I think Brittany cleaned house on most of them. Brittany was, was fucking. Me. Yeah, Brittany yeah, and but you it was were literally like. You were like trying not to like. We were walking the top golf. I don't remember if you know the story, but we were walk, walking the top golf, and uh, and it was a Southwest plane flying, taking off because you're right by the airport. Yeah, Ryan, go, hey, hey, James, what's that Southwest thing there? Oh, Yahtzee, <laughs> you dumbass! How are you gonna set yourself up? And it must have happened like a hundred times. Yeah, me and Brittany were pretty good on the, getting the Yahtzee. Yeah. Yeah. It died off. I mean, oh. oh. Uh, it slowly died off, but we would just say it. it. You, you know, how, you know, you didn't necessarily get it for every time, but it was just an added layer of of fun to the thing because we would do bets. Right. Uh, go on Fred's any of our pages, and you'll see the video tagged of us running upstairs. That was a five dollar bet. I uh, wish I would have gotten in on that. I'll, I'll say this about Drew, right? So. To that point, right? We're just walking down the, the 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 strip there, get past the Caesars, I think, and we come up to this random set of stairs. It's for some building. I don't even know what. It was like it a was. shopping area. It, it was, was like a shopping like a convention area. center almost. No, 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 no it, was it was a shopping, shopping area. area. It was a shopping area, but it was like he said, it was rainbow steps, right? And it, all it took was one person saying, "Let's fucking race." I don't even remember who it, it was. It was Kelly and, and okay. I, I said, uh, "Let's make a bet. Let's see who can go up there the first. Right? Because I was betting all kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> Mind <laughs> you, we are all pretty. Oh, fucking three sheets to the wind no at this one's point. not buzzed yeah we were all feeling pretty good I was gonna partake but then they had four of them run up there and I'm like alright I'm gonna just video this cause you know something stupid's gonna happen right <laughs> and James is running up there he's something got this <laughs> he's got this fucking like pitcher of something in his hand from a margarita from margaritaville in his hand Drew's shoes flying off, and he and James throws the fucking pitcher and explodes into a million pieces. Ryan starts laughing hysterically and can't control himself to the point he can barely breathe. He's going up the stairs. Drew dominates this thing with one fucking shoe and wins the race. And I had Drew on the bottom of the list. I, the entire time they're lining up in the race, I had I had Kaylee pegged to beat Drew. Not to speak bad, I just did. I had him pegged to beat you. Okay, I'm sneaky. And athletic. fucking Drew it. ran like a fucking admit, cheetah, like. Up those stairs. I, I I set up and I'm just like I'm not gonna fucking run up these stairs. These people are gonna I'm, yeah. To your point, these people are gonna get so far ahead of me. I'm not fucking gonna kill myself. I'm gonna get end up throwing up because I'm goddamn half buzzed and trying to run up these stairs. Made it up there, but boy, boy, oh, oh. done. You all were hurt. It was hurting. Luckily, there's an elevator. He took the elevator down. We definitely was not walking down them stairs. Right. It was fun. It was just an extra fun thing. One of those things that happens on a trip when you go with a group of people that you'll never forget. And then fucking Papa Giorgio over here, James, right? So the one night. gave me that shirt he wore on, on, on Wednesday night. Yeah, y'all, there's picture evidence of that on uh, Facebook for those who want to see it. So. <laughs> The one night the girls were talking about wanting to go out to a club and wanting to shake their ass and all that stuff, right? So on my I'm birthday, sure Miami Vice ish, by the way. <laughs> on my birthday, my birthday, which is Wednesday, we ended up going to uh, the the Stratosphere, which is the top of the world restaurant. If you ever go there, if you ever go, but fucking do it. One hundred percent worth the money. The food is great. The views are even you better. Can bring a dog. Like, 
Oh my That's god! Right. I forgot about that. I forgot about dog. that. These people behind us had this fucking massive pit bull. Pit bull like, I mean, its so head was right. like four times my With a big size. Big ass like metal collar gold and everything. Chain. He Huge. had a gold chain that probably had more money than what I had in my pocket when I brought. It, it looked like a cartoon insane. dog, like something out of a fucking movie you would never see. But anyway, so we go to Stratosphere, and we had booked this uh, this after party show. Bruno there, Mars. There was a Bruno Mars concert that was going on, and it was an after party for the Bruno, Bruno Mars. They had this deal. I talked to the guy that worked the front desk. They had this deal where you get a VIP booth. You reserve it. You get a VIP booth, 450 bucks. You get bottle service. They bring you one bottle of either Tito's or tequila, whatever you want to start. $450 split among seven people ends up being 60, 70 bucks, right? It's not bad. It's not bad at all. And it's VIP, right? So we get this booth and we get there and we're early, right? It's, you know, my birthday and all that stuff. They come out with the whole thing. James is fucking posted up like Jack from fucking Titanic on the top of the thing, just, you know, <laughs> dancing along the entire night long, having a fucking good time. And um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a blast until it wasn't for me. I got to a point where like I sat down. I think I was talking to Drew. And like the world started spinning, yeah, I got in my head and shit. I told Ryan, I was like, "Gotta go," <laughs> and I just fucking jetted out of the place. Like it was probably like two o'clock in the morning, almost two o'clock in the morning at this yeah. point, and I left. But before that, though, we we drank probably two bottles of Tito's while we were there. Damn, uh, which I probably drank a half a bottle by myself. I drank quite a bit. <laughs> uh, I danced all night. He did. I, I made sure he my never shirt stopped. was was soaked when I left there, dude. <laughs> that shirt well, was so, fucking fantastic. So I have fantastic. to ask: Was James doing this? Nah. No, no, he was literally just posted up on top of the fucking, you know, the little pole Got there. The like booze. I said, Titanic style on the front of the fucking ship. Just <laughs> girls coming up to, I suck your dick. I want to do this, do that. It was a good time. Yeah, no, there, was, just uh, there was Just a, joking, Kelly. None of that ever happened. There was a swingers couple there that. <laughs> Apparently, all, all the girls and James could have had their way if they would have if they would have been into that thing. But no, nah, we kept them out. And we the kept them out. The vagina was hanging out the whole time. It was, oh man, ridiculous. yeah, roast beef just <laughs> blah, 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 hanging out. It was definitely. I'll, I'll definitely say like, if you're on the fence, because I've always been on the fence. I never cared about Vegas up until right when we were going to do our trip last uh, before the pandemic broke broke it up. Uh, if you're ever on the fence about going to Vegas, you don't. You really don't need to go there long. Go for a few oh, days. No, you don't. Do what we did because, I mean, if a you go. A long weekend like a, is all you need. Yeah. I mean, you go in the earlier in the week, you pay less than, especially the higher times yep. around holidays or like a March Manners or something like that. You don't have to pay as much. I mean, they get you. You also don't have to worry about Sausage Fest. Apparently. You don't have to worry about Sausage <laughs> Fest on the Circa Stadium. Um, but if you're, yeah, if you're ever on the fence, you, especially for your first, you only really need like two or three days. Right. I mean, I guess basically we did four. But uh, if you're ever on the fence about do it, just do it. It's, you don't have to gamble a lot. I mean, sit at the video poker. To that point, there's right? A lot, especially during those early in the weeks, there's a lot of ten, fifteen dollar minimum You'd be tables. Entertained to that by point, the people. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, the, the people watching. If you're a people watcher, was yeah. fucking amazing. Walk it's great. Strip is just one thing. Yeah, if, right. you want, if you don't want to be circumcised, go there. Oh yeah. God, I forgot God. about that shit. Lord. So then you roller coasters. The other part about it, I mentioned Jabba Walkies, right? So we went to a couple shows too. We went and saw Love, uh, which is the Beatles story. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not even that big of a That's Beatles a Cirque fan. It's all Cirque du Soleil. I probably knew 40, 45% of the songs, like the most popular ones that they played. 
the rest of them, though, it's just it's so entertaining. It's almost like sensory overload. So I was telling James, it's like there's so much going on in the stage at one time that your brain doesn't know what to focus on because you're like, I don't want to miss something Scott, cool. I see it a couple times, like Ryan. I mean, I was like, Fred, be prepared right here. Yeah, right. <laughs> he kept trying to get my attention, like, watch this part, watch that guy, watch this guy. Because if you don't, like, your brain is just like, I don't know what you're like looking here, looking there. If somebody had ADHD, you'd be all fucking a mess. Yeah. You would be a mess in there with that. Um, but it was cool. It was much more like the love show was much more about acrobatics and all that stuff. And, and so the the MJ show was also right uh, Cirque du Soleil, right? Yeah, I think Cirque it's Soleil, Cir yep. Cirque du Soleil. It was more dance. It was more technology. It was more, and I knew probably 90% of the songs. Mm -hmm. um, but what was really cool, and James and Ryan were telling me, is they had this. There used to be this street performer that would always dance out on the Las Vegas Strip to Michael Jackson's songs. Like, and he would just do the moonwalk and do all Michael Jackson's dances. Well, Cirque du Soleil actually found him and made him a part of the show. He was fucking amazing. Like, he would show up randomly in different scenes throughout the show. Right. Uh, and his his dance move, he looked like Gumby. Like, the, the way he could move his body was unreal. Um, they did this whole thing. It was on America's Got Talent. Uh, one other group did it. They turn all the lights off, right? And they bring out all the dancers on the stage. With the lights with, on them? With the lights yeah. on them yeah. and stuff. And they do all these. It was really, really cool to see in person. I've seen it on TV a hundred times, but to see it in person was I've really I've seen one show like that. They're, they are pretty cool to so see. So to the point is, if if you're thinking about going to Vegas, you've ever thought about going to Vegas, and you're like, God, I don't want to lose a whole money, Just a whole bunch of me. money. There's so many things. Yeah, you got to invite James because he is the fucking <laughs> life of the party, one. Uh, two, there's just so many things you can do there outside of just spending a ton of fucking money just yeah. for the entertainment value. It was a lot of fun, and I thank you all again for making that week special for me because it's one that I'll never forget. Uh, and I wouldn't have wanted to be there without it. Yeah. I thought you I'm, guys. So, I'm really sorry I missed it here. Nah, it is what it is, man. Is. Family shit happens. Week Whatever. Day. We understand. It's, it's for the weekday. I feel yeah. sorry that you weren't there because you would have had a great time, man. It, yeah. it was. It was a lot Another of fun. Another good story is uh, they just. On the, on the bus line to go up to old <laughs> Vegas. So we get passes to get on there. And, like, we the bus pulls up. And they're like, mass mandate. I'm like, what are you talking about, mass mandate? Uh, like, oh, I don't have a mask. Everybody's looking around for mass. And then I had walked we look, out of line. Cause yeah, that, we're like, we're not going to get on here because we don't have a mask. They're going to kick us off. So they let the you know the elderly, handicapped people, you know, they got to uh, take their half an hour to get on the freaking bus. And people just standing there. They want to get on the bus. And then finally, the driver's like, just get on the bus, get on the bus. So we just get on the bus after purchasing an $8 all-day <laughs> So you can go upstairs. They have a, a double-deck bus. So we get up there, we're riding. And I go, if anybody on this bus has a Maryland quarter, a Maryland quarter, I would give you $20. And I think Drew or, or, or Ryan was like, he ain't kidding. He will. Yeah, and all of a sudden, good. you just see everybody sitting there. All of a sudden, you see a guy just put his hand in his pocket like, Scrounging for money, looking through, through a thing. It was hilarious. It was man. hilarious. Also, James, you didn't get a Maryland quarter. Is why I took out also, that. You're not. Uh, most also, you're not going to find. James one picked up a part-time job while we were in Vegas as a landscaper. There was this guy <laughs> pushing these garden balls around the fucking. Uh, I don't know where he was going with them or what he was doing <laughs> with them. This was James runs up, run up to the guy, just, just grabs <laughs> one out of his hand, starts rolling it for him. The guy's like, "Ah, yeah, fuck it! If you're gonna roll it that for me, okay." Down, you stopped helping. We had because we had to go the other way. It was the these giant, like you'll see it in a video. It's a giant green, like some kind of landscaping ball. This guy's just rolling two of them, like two big basketballs down. James takes one. I'm like waiting for him to go between his legs with it. It's like a great. If you're ever, if you are, uh, if you are right, if you do have a day pass like us for the bus, 
and you're like somewhere up, you know, up on the strip, and you're you were like, hey, man, I really want to go see this Las Vegas sign everyone talks about. Do it. It's still cool to do your photo op, but if you if you do. Get off at the bus stop at Mandalay Bay that's kind of close to the sign. Because if you think there's going to be a bus stop by the sign, where it, which says on Google Maps, incorrect. Because you're going to go blow past that because they're doing construction right now. Drew. <laughs> what feels like the middle of nowhere? Because the only thing that's there is a jack-in-the-box uh, and a gas station and the airport. And the jack-in-the-box was only open for the drive through My wife had to piss a racehorse. Luckily, you get into the gas station, it was good. But at that point, we're like, do you want to Uber? Like, just fucking walk. It wasn't that bad. But if you're doing it, just know. Once you get past Mandalay Bay. That's where that picture's from. Drew had his fucking hangover (laughs) moment. That's 100% what that picture looks like to me. If you just walk, you're like, God damn it. Oh, my God. Fucking desert. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. My wife walking slow and texting you guys about it. Meanwhile, she's the one that has to take a piss. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, Ariel was a fucking oh, trip on the, on she's, the, a, she's yeah she's uh, fun to be it around sounds like she I miss a lot it sucks that I miss it but yeah. you know like we said fam- family uh, we already Should had our happen. schedules yeah, it is already had schedule set out so it is what it is but we gotta we'll have to get a, in a few years we'll have to get we'll have to get something together it to is 100% again. a destination for 40th birthday that was great I think we I have kind of got a couple coming up in a few years like Kaylee and Ryan yeah they're gonna combine theirs a midday I think it's like it's gonna be in May they're yeah. talking about yeah so it'll be a little bit warmer which yeah. will be yeah. nice because that's the thing the pool Mine looks be beautiful around the being yeah, around the pool cool was great the pool thing, but, but goddamn was that water cold and i uh, like cold, cold pool water i can get one, in cold pool water was not this fest was was pretty warm all the yeah when you have 700 dudes in and i'm sure it does it's probably very yellow at that point that was too. that uh that was the the circa stadium pool yeah. that we wanted to go check out that it would no, cost us like 20 bucks to go check out Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure them in there had to be heated. Right. (laughs) No, it was a great time. Uh, So I'm sure there's plenty of stories that we haven't told yet. Good. Good. We're missing one. Good. Go for it. The one that we went to and then we had to eat the burger. Uh, Heart Attack Grill. Oh, Heart Attack Grill. Grill, Right. Don't get the double burger, everybody. Yeah. So you have a thing where you're supposed to, you got to walk in there and you put on a a gown from like a hospital. Yeah. And then you sit down, you order your food. You know, the the menu looks different than what you get. So I, I knew I was going to just get a regular burger. But the onion rings, I'm like, oh, man, they look great. The, they bring them out. They're like huge. 20 size of it. And they're like, oh, you're not going to eat that because you, you, you're going to have to get hit. I was like, fuck that. I eat all my shit, dude. So the, the premise of it's Heart Attack Grill, right? It's nothing on the menu is healthy. Oh, yeah. Everything is double order of this, double order of that. pounds you no, can eat for free. No diet yeah. sodas to pick from. Like, everything is heart attack related, right? And they have this thing where if you don't eat your meal, whatever it is you order, single burger, or they have a fucking eight patty burger. Like, I don't know who would ever do that pictures. other than to take a picture. It's Instagram, exactly right. When, when, you're, when your eyes are bigger than your stomach. Well, your eyes are bigger <laughs> than your stomach at three, not eight. Like, this thing is massive. You're bigger your stomach at two, I can tell you yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> oh, 100%. But they have this thing where if you don't eat all your meal, they pull you up and they put you on this like thing you got to hold your hands on and they have their way with their whip. Yeah. And let me tell you, there was this redheaded chick oh, there. Oh, yeah. Golly, she was laying into some people. So thank God none of us had her. But she, I, there was somebody there that bachelor I guess it just got married. Bachelor, he, he bachelor, bachelor party. She pulled him up, boy, and she She's went back. to town on him. I'm like, like, there's no way he's sitting down. I'm not talking like a ruler. I'm not talking like a ruler. that hit him. So he, she was the fourth one. Yeah. Now, granted, like, we, our she, server, she was she the cleanup hitter him. compared to the other <laughs> ones, but 
She was the cleanup hitter. Thank uh, God she stayed far away from okay, me. Okay, so I did see a picture of in and out Burger. What'd you think? I uh, wasn't impressed when I ate it. Two thumbs down. And it's, uh, it's, it's I'm in the middle. I Listen, so here's it why terrible, it's two thumbs it down for me. I had severely high expectations. I love Five Guys, right? And everything I'd ever heard was that it's, it's comparable. It's comparable or better than Five Guys. So I was like, all right, well, then I got to try it. I would put it on a little bit better did level. Did you get the in and out sauce? I did, yeah. Okay. The, the Burger King with the sauce sure. on stuff. Everybody told yeah. me if you don't get the in and out sauce, got some, Ryan got some kind of special got, fries. You can order animal fries where you animal get all fries. the sauce on, on top it. of the right. fries. Yeah. Which it's not on the menu. I'll say but that, if, that's a definite because their fries weren't good. No. I hated no. the fries. The I was fries okay with the burger, but the fries. No but the burger, like, so for me, exactly. The burger was next next level It was McDonald's with a little bit of grease. But I tell you what, very clean. It was. It was clean. And, and they're all clean, apparently, I yeah. heard. Okay, that's cool. But the burger sucked. Like, it was a little bit better than McDonald's. It was, so, again, my expectations were high. Nowhere near five guys. Awesome yeah. soda machine. You just flicker your, your finger and it fucking work. You do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, jeez. But, yeah, Swingers overall, the again, the barbecue place. place. <laughs> the barbecue, barbecue place. place. All oh, the food places oh, we had were good. Yeah, I didn't get the there habit. wasn't anything that was bad food-wise. Breakfast food, lunch, dinner, nah, everything my, we had. By the way, I do have to call out. You guys too. are just telling me before the show that, like, you spent a lot of time in Caesars, yet before Ryan was saying, oh, we're not going to go in Caesars. <laughs> it's, it's too far to walk around everything. And you spent, if I'd have known that, I actually would have told you guys the places to fucking eat in Caesars. Because those are fucking delicious places to eat in Caesars. Yeah, no, we walk through. Do not, here's another word of advice if you're going to Vegas and you're a fan of gelato. Get the small. <laughs> I wish you would have told me. I could have told you don't, that. Don't do anything bigger than a small. I made that mistake of getting a medium, and I'm pretty sure I ate a half gallon of gelato. It was a lot. It got semi-diabetes. Yeah, I just told diabetes you if, you do take any, the if you're going to do anything in Caesars, text me first, and I'll yeah. let you know. A normal Sunday has one maraschino cherry on it. This had six, if that puts in perspective <laughs> of how big it was. But we didn't let it go to waste. We ate yeah, I walked. I walked. Uh, I walked. When they got the gelato, I they we, I walked with them through the. I was with them, so we went through the Caesar shops and all that shit. Yeah. And it was cool. It was a great experience, but it was like all that walk, like for nothing really. It's kind yeah. of like to check out some of the. Man, me and Ariel went there the next day, and then like we, I cut her short. She luckily she like wasn't really interested. I guess for whatever reason. And like we caught back up with you guys, and Ryan's like, "Oh, you gotta let her check out the shops." I'm like, "Ryan, shut the fuck up! I don't want to go through the shops again." <laughs> hey, Ryan's got to tell this story. But Fred, why don't you tell him about when we went to Venetian about my my game of war? Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> that was the yeah. best. Do I need to say it? I mean, James stopped to play war. I, at a poker have seen that guy I had no idea that that was even a thing. There are tables. There are tables for fucking everything. In there's Vegas. a lot of questionable uh, decisions James made when it came to gambling. Let's start. Wait, hold on a second. Did you walk away with more money than you came no, out? No, absolutely no, okay. not. Right. He did not. Then it was questionable <laughs> decisions. I, I, I asked him and Ryan that question. I spent not. a lot of money on on uh, food, though. I okay, so, so yeah. did you? Did you? Were you up or down from what you spent on gambling specifically? I was up because I brought money m- money home. I wasn't expecting to bring the money home. I brought money home. <laughs> so that's a positive answer. way to look at <laughs> it. That's a, that's a positive. That's way to a positive. Say. But uh, I was there to have a good time with Fred. And he did. I hope we did. He did. We're in the Venetian, and you wouldn't think they had water and then they had the guy from like Vegas vacation <laughs> changing 100 <laughs> yeah and he went through and that apparently they know 
He's smiling under a mask. Oh, this you guy, could dude. tell he was smiling. Hundred percent, he was. They knew this guy was smiling. He was. <laughs> he was smiling the entire <laughs> time. See the eyes. And he took his hundred bucks like that. But it started before that. It actually started in our hotel. That's because uh, the, the girls don't want to wake up earlier, so you start playing while the girls are getting ready. <laughs> Ryan and I, or actually I, I sat down at uh, roulette. Roulette. At roulette. roulette. That's what I kept calling it roulette. the entire time. Roulette. <laughs> Sat down at the roulette Did table. Did you learn your lesson from the last time you went with roulette? I was doing really well. I okay, was doing good. well. You, you uh, walked away then. Betting smart. I started to. Fuck. Then, no, I did good. I he did didn't good. learn. I, no, no, trust me. Learn. I did well. Okay. Uh, the James comes over, and he starts, you know, with these little bets. We're playing a little bit here and there. Well, then... I see him go. I'm in a zone because I again I'm focusing on certain numbers. I'm doing good. Focusing the I'm patterns, up. yeah. I see him, but I'm not really paying attention. Next thing I know, he's changing 400 right at one time. Two minutes go by, and I look over to James, and he's like standing there with no chips in his hand. I was like, "Wait, the fuck happened with those 400 dollars you just changed?" He's like, "I and I just bet it all in one hand." I'm like, "What? You bet it all in one hand, right?" <laughs> so. Long story short, he ended up spending a good chunk of change at that fucking table. And so he starts talking to the pit the boss. pit boss, this lady pit boss in there. She's dancing, having a good time, right? Jay's like, yeah, free meal. We're going to get a free meal, cop. I want my steak. You better be making me my steak, doing all this stuff, right? And she's like, hold on. I got one even better for you. She walks away for a second, comes back. And she's like, I got you this. Gives him a fucking bottle of hand sanitizer. <laughs> so he got a $900 bottle of sanitizer <laughs> off of like 15 minutes of fucking gambling. Yeah. Oh, so, it's every day. so that was like the joke uh, of the entire trip is that this most expensive fucking hand sanitizer. He's, not going to be used. Dude. No, you, you got to get it framed. You got to get it framed. <laughs> Put it in a shadow box. The most expensive hand sanitizer uh, oh, ever. That's funny. And it, I mean, that was just James's theme the entire time. He was the uh, he was definitely yeah, the comic relief. Being fun going out uh, with. Oh, he was. You he were was a ton of fun. You were fun the night that we that we went out for uh, for Brian's birthday right. the week prior. Yeah, uh, that was that we had a lot of fun. But having sitting there playing the games wasn't any gambling games. But James that was, was a good fun. time. James was a yeah. lot of fun, man. So, uh, but everybody again, y'all made it special for me. It was uh, it was definitely a fun. We time. We loved it. Yeah. yeah. We all did. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys had a good time. Again, sorry I couldn't make it, but I'm glad you, you had a, a great birthday. Yeah. Enjoying it. Coming back, getting changes in your life, too. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Guys but might, it's been guys nice might have married alive some, sometime soon. The DVD yeah. is yeah. available for purchase. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, if you way, buy one Girls Gone Wild, you get a free <laughs> Vegas trip video. <laughs> by the way, we can't we can't go to uh, to live because you have a tendency to throw up when we go to live. No, that was Ryan's driving. <laughs> okay. I don't wanna... And I want to. I want to. I won't be drinking when we go there. And I want to have this goddamn Bobby's to burger your, to see if I love it. To your credit, riding in the back of that van is like riding on a fucking roller coaster. It, it really no was because we were drinking it. beers, and it then after rough. that was fine. But yeah, that it car ride, rough. boy. Hey, but, but I do know when it's time for me to go. Let me out of this car because I'm gonna. But go. where we gotta go is if we gotta go to MGM. But don't let Ryan drive either, because you're gonna just make circles around fucking MGM when yeah. you go. Because he did that when we oh, went. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> that was the night that we went. Up, that we went, and you yeah. were up. You were up a decent amount, and then you just started betting big. I, uh, I, I left with more. Or I left there with more money than I came. That, hey, that made me that more comfortable. When you leave Vegas with more money than you than you went with, yeah, that's a plus. It made me far more comfortable with gambling. Because like I think, I, whenever we, we we would, I've been to Maryland Live a, a handful of times. Not super drunk or throwing up or eating Bobby's burgers, but uh, I always felt kind of intimidated. Yeah. 
But also, it's like when you're in Vegas, you got so much to choose from. You can find those cheaper tables or right. you can play the video roulette, which, like, that kind of thing yeah. helps you adjust more. So, like, yeah, it, it definitely put me more, there's more literally yeah. There's literally something for everybody. For everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's how it was. Yeah. Ryan and I kind of had our moment. Like, we had the I'm a blackjack and roulette guy. Anytime I go to a casino, that's usually what I play. Yeah. But we saw this, me being a tech nerd, we saw this huge um, craps board that was all digital was all yeah, electronic all yeah all yeah so it took all the whole you have to put chips onto the table out of the thing you all you had to do was touch it on your screen but they had a real dealer so you still roll dice and everything so ryan and i were like at some point we're going to play that but then we just never did until that last fucking day after you guys left and we did so well with it we went back the next day and played roulette not at the same table another table one more money so I think uh, moral of the story is craps is going to be our game moving forward. <laughs> and it's, it's like one of those things where when you're winning money, everybody on the table around you is winning yeah. money too, and everybody's yeah, you, cheering you, and screaming. That's it's a game that... So much you, fun. You can win big, but or you, you can, can lose, lose big. A hundred percent. And what helped us is the guy... So Ryan and I were at the head, right? At the head of the table. I was here and he was there. Three people around over from me had a 30-roll consecutive without hitting seven, so everybody's getting paid. His brother, the next guy, had like 24 without getting hit in a seven. The guy that was right next to me had 24 without getting hit. I rolled 23 without getting hit. Ryan rolled like 16 without getting hit. So during that one stretch there, we all made a fuck ton of money, and then I was like, all right, well, I didn't say peace out right away. We went around maybe one more half a turn. We lost a little bit of that money that we won, and then we left. And that was at, like, fucking 5 o'clock in the morning. Did you guys go into uh, the link at all? Yeah. Yeah, we walked into the link. We bet a little bit there. That's where I won my most money. Ryan, I think, lost a decent amount of money on fucking, um, uh, what do you call them? Um, slots in that one i'm pretty Don't sure play slots in vegas it, it's one of those things where if you see one that calls out to you he'll stop and be like oh there's plinko yeah. like we did that with plinko i think he won a little bit of money i won plinko, my most actually. money my most money there when we were out there i won four hundred dollars on a uh on one payout because i bet on double zero and won the, and hit it that was my thing and, and hit, i hit it and it was on one of the virtual ones and i hit it and i was like out yep. out get out while you can <laughs> So. There's so many kinds of roulette now. Now they have like the three zeros. That's what I was or, winning money or, on. Or they say, yeah. or they say it's like the the house. Like um, they'll have like their logo there. I, but it's but the thing is, it pays out a lot because there's eleven one to one, eleven to one. But the regular roulette table has zero and double zero across from each other. These are this all together. This one has all three of them right next to each other. So you and I noticed a pattern with it. Yeah. I noticed a pattern with it. I'm going to hit that pretty I told high. them, I said, it's every five or six rolls, one of those one of triples those is hitting. That's so you, you put like a, 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 like a small amount on those. That's what I did. bet on your yeah. other ones. That's what I did. That's what I, did. Like, I told I, you I put, a, I put a five or ten down on any of those three to hit, and it pays out you 11 better to hide, one, when you're, and I hit that a few so times. My rule, and this is just me, my rule when I'm playing roulette is I'll bet a higher amount on either odd, even, black, red, or thirds. Yeah. I'll bet a higher amount on those. Then I'll bet a lower amount on the higher payout ones, the single numbers, yeah. the zeros, the double zeros. If you, as long as you cover your bet every two roll, every two spins, you walk out of there at least even. Right. But you got to play to cover your red bet. Red 27 was where it was at. Everybody that puts puts their money on, on one number or one this or one that, 
When you do it, it you get lucky. But right. those are so few and far between. That's why you see those videos of people getting crazy excited and you win a crazy amount of money. Amount of money. And yeah, you are. But how much did you spend to get but there? But you spent a ton they, to get there. If you, if that's you, a game that you can, if you want, you can stay there for like five, six hours. 100%. The same amount, $100, and be fine. Been there. Because now they got ones now, they got, they break it down to four. So you have your. First 12, your second 12, and third 12, but then they break into four on the other side. Well, digital one, right? But yeah, they have yeah. the thing. so you have it covers uh, less. I mean, you get a little bit more, but it covers you get more because you don't have as many numbers. greater chance, yeah, or small, like double the chance. It's, it's a greater pay, it's a greater payout so, because you have you have one out of four chances versus one out of three they, chances. Then they have yeah. this one where they'll give you the lucky number. So if you put it on that and it hits, it's even more. Like, it's it, it's absurd what they All have right. done to roll yeah. let's, let's get out of here. I know everybody doesn't care about yeah. us talking about this anymore. So appreciate <laughs> you guys tuning in. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's why. And, and people still watching. At, at one point, I forgot them. the fucking cameras were even on. The gambling right. podcast we'll coming out next, next week. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you with a whole new comp, you know, whole new layout for this show next week. So you're going to pay for all of our redo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah Tuesday kidding. night, 730. We'll see you guys. See you guys. See